Hi, do you want to go to a party with me? No, game's on. Oh, I almost forgot. I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, football, football. We are back with another episode of the Next Level Nerd Sportscast. I'm Frank Conti, and joining me, as always, is my partner in crime, Bronson Allman. And we've had a couple-week break, and we're getting back into it now, an action-packed show of uh, four four pretty big topics we want to get to. And um, we saw the NCAA tournament come to a conclusion uh, since we've last met. Um, the Dalai Lama will be uh, stepping onto his soapbox tonight as I break down and preview what I think is going to happen in the 2022 MLB season as we are on the eve of opening day, one of my personal holidays. I know Bronson called uh, NHL trade deadline his his Christmas in an earlier episode, but MLB opening day is one of mine. And so I'll be uh, breaking down what I think is going to happen there, how the Pirates might fare. Uh, we also need to talk some hockey um, as the playoff push is here, we got about three weeks left in the season, how the pens are doing, how the playoff matchups might, uh, might sort out. And then we have WrestleMania 38, uh, two night extravaganza that Bronson and I want to, you know, kind of break down, go match by match, the big highlights, what happened, big moments, big surprises. So you're in for a treat tonight as a listener, um, Four really popular topics, and we're excited to get back at it, Bronson, and I will introduce you, allow yourself to introduce yourself, and uh, get our show rolling here. Yeah. No, I feel like it's been forever <laughs> since we've done an episode, and I always hate when we record an episode and then something big drops. Like, the last episode we recorded, literally less than 24 hours later, the Devonta Adams trade breaks. Like, we always miss out on the big And I news. think Tyreek Hill, too, that trade. Yeah, he went to Miami. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't covered either. That one, so it's yeah. like two big trades happen, and yeah. possibly now with DK Metcalf on the move, uh, possibly. So uh, stay tuned for that, and we'll get to that a little bit later uh, uh, before we uh, wrap up shop tonight. So, but no, Frank, mm-hmm. no help. Crazy weekend. It's a good way to come back. You know, um, the NCAA tournament dominated the weekend, as did WrestleMania, and then with MLB, uh, the, the, the Battle of Bucks opening tomorrow. Um, it's an action-packed week of sports. It's, I feel like things just keep moving, and uh, and we're not able to catch up. I don't think. I think if we did like a podcast every day, we wouldn't be able to catch up. So. I know. Uh, but no, Frank. Um, no, just getting excited to get back talking to you. Uh, I know we text, but it's really not the same, especially when we can kind of go on our little tangents as we always know to do. So, um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna throw it to you, man, because I, I. I gotta be honest. Um, as and let you, the audience, know. I have kind of betrayed you a little bit. Uh, I didn't. I didn't watch much of the NCAA tournament. Um, I watched the Duke North Carolina game on a replay on CBS Sports Network uh, because I was watching WrestleMania. So I have CBS Sports Network, and they replayed the game, and I watched it. I already knowing the result of it, but I want to wa- go back and watch that and the Kansas-Villanova game. And then I didn't watch the I didn't watch the championship Monday night and, except in highlights, or I went back and forth between that and the Raw after WrestleMania. So uh, I don't like North Carolina or Kansas, so I just didn't really care too much. But Frank did, and I, I cared, but... I'm gonna. I'm without further ado, not take Frank's segment away. I'm gonna toss it over to him, and uh, he's gonna recap. Uh, uh, the nets were the nets were cut down. The brawling in New Orleans. I'm sure he's gonna steal that a few times. <laughs> and uh, there you go, Frank. Without further ado, the floor is yours, sir. You are looking live at New Orleans, Louisiana, the site of the 2022 NCAA Final Four. I'm Jim Nance. And hello, friends, and welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Onions! No! 
and I go, man to man. <laughs> when no, you're bro. sleepless in Seattle, how about a little kiss? <laughs> it was Bill Rafferty, Jim Nance, and Grant Hill calling the Final Four. Oddly enough, on TBS, which kind of feels strange to me. I'm really shocked. I know it's been that way for a couple of years that they've turned to cable to run the Final Four and the final game. Not yeah. even a not even a primetime slot Saturday night and Monday night for on CBS. But, uh, you know, so if you were a, a fan of either of these teams and didn't have cable, you are uh, looking for a sports bar for sure. But, um, no, Bronson, you, yeah, you set it up. The final four took place. Um, you did, you know, after a great tournament where you saw St. Peter's, uh, you know, the darling, the 15 seed, make it farther than a 15 ever made it all the way to the lead eight. Um, uh, Number 10, Miami, number 11, Iowa State kind of spoiling, uh, busting a lot of brackets going far. But uh, when it came down to it, the cream rose to the top and you had, you know, four blue bloods in the final four. Now, North Carolina was an eighth seed, so that was kind of the one of the lower seeds to ever make it to a final four. But obviously, they're a team that recruits the top talent every year and ha- had a kind of a young group. First year coach Hubert Davis. Um, so an eight, an eight seed, not un, unsurprising for them this year, but, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, all American McDonald's, you know, McDonald's all Americans, they get five-star recruits. It's not shocking that they made the final four. So, you know, I guess as a pit fan with the ACC, glad to see them represented by two teams. Um, so Duke and Carolina matched up on one side. It was Villanova and Kansas on the other, um, Jay Wright, you know, great job at Villanova as always he's got them into a perennial power he's won a national title there I, I think maybe two um so yeah it, it, the final four was intriguing Bronson especially the North Carolina Duke matchup and you know this is their their third matchup of the year they I believe they split the regular season uh both winning on the road and then you saw the you know you remember the big the spoiling of coach K's final home game at Cameron that North Carolina did they put a whooping on them yeah so now, you know, every one of these games could have been Coach K's last game, as he said he's going to retire. Um, and boy, this one didn't disappoint Bronson, all that it was billed for. Um, I think 18 lead changes, a ton of t- like the end of the game was just both teams, as you said, with onions, uh, just <laughs> ice in the veins from these young kids hitting shot after shot, clean basketball, not a lot of turnovers. Not a lot of fouls, not a lot of bad decisions. It was just entertaining to watch. Me and my wife Katie actually were like dialed into this thing, and she doesn't, you know, watch much sports with me, but I had it on and she was glued to it as just, it was just punch, counter punch, like a boxing match, this, this, uh, national semifinal between Duke and Carolina. And, you know, at the, and when it came down to it, it was kind of who had the ball last. And you could see Coach K and Hubert Davis just kind of arms crossed watching the action because they, they both knew that it was just a, going to be you know there had to be a loser and that's the bad thing and came down to like a final shot where you know Duke couldn't couldn't tie it at the end and Carolina walks away um taking out Duke again and spoiling coach K's magical run he's not gonna not gonna be able to cut the nets down in this final season and go out a champion um so North Carolina spoils it again they his last regular season loss ever and his last tournament lost ever um, but nothing to hang your heads on for Duke players and fans. Uh, they had a great run, and they just got beat by a better team that night. Um, Baycott, the, the the power forward for Carolina, was outstanding. He had like a couple twenty uh, rebound games, uh, double double machine for Armando Baycott. Um, 
the guard the guard play was amazing and Carolina just was too much in the end for Duke and you know Baycott got hurt late in that game so his status for the championship game was in question Hubert Davis joked right away he's going to play you know he he shut the reporter up right away even after the game Saturday before the you know the doctors could even look at the ankle so um Set up a matchup Monday night against Kansas, Bronson, and I'm not going to get too much into the Villanova-Kansas game because I didn't see it, um, and it was pretty much a blowout, so I don't think you and I missed anything. Uh, Kansas beats Villanova by 16, um, so they kind of rolled into the championship game. Um, facing Carolina, and, uh, of course, a, a final two matchup of two blue bloods, Kansas and Carolina. Um, and this game, uh, it was actually, yeah, was it Monday night, so a couple of nights ago. Yeah. We're, um, it was the Roy Williams, the Roy Williams game, kind of the Roy Williams bowl. Yeah. And Dean Smith actually played at yeah. Kansas then coached at UNC and Roy Williams coached at assistant to UNC coach, he, got the head job at Kansas, went back to North Carolina after that. So yeah, these, a lot of history between these two programs, they've met in the final four before this is their second time meeting in the final game. Um, 1957 they did. So a long time in between it, but, um, and this game didn't disappoint either, Bronson. It was kind of a tale of two halves. Um, so the game wasn't close for most of the first half. It was all North Carolina. Um, they led 40 to 25 at the half. Kenny the Jet Smith was gloating at the halftime set. Um, he was he was sitting pretty feet up on the, on the, on the set. Um, <laughs> and everybody was breaking it down. You know, Kansas, this game isn't over yet. A lot of basketball to play. Um they, you know, North Carolina has to play smart, not turn the ball over, and they should be able to hold on. But Kansas stormed them early in the second half. Um, great, great adjustments by Bill Self. Um, they knew if they could go on a run and cut into that lead early um, and keep it a game, maybe get it down to single digits, chip away at it. And they, and they did exactly that. They started, I think, with a 9-0 run. They, you know, something like a 15-2 run. And, you know, right, pretty much by the first uh, – First or second TV timeout, you know, it was a one possession game again. So then you figured it was going to be a, you know, a, a battle till the end. And at that point, it got good. The game was, you know, ties, lead changes. Um, North Carolina was on the map, but got back up. You know, they didn't let it really rattle them that, that Kansas punched them in the mouth and got back in the game. Carolina kept scoring and um, it, it became a, a good game like, like Duke Carolina was in the semifinal. It became a, you know, North Carolina takes the lead. Kansas gets the lead back. Uh, big three, you know, big, you know, big, big foul shot made here and there, you know, like every possession was key and it came down to the end. Uh, Kansas, you know, was able to c- complete the biggest comeback in, in final game history. They trailed by 16 and, and came all the way back. So it's the biggest comeback in final game history. And Kansas wins their, I believe, fourth national championship. And that puts them in rarefied air up there with, you know, obviously UCLA has won 11 in those John Wooden uh, days. Um, and, and Carolina and um, Kentucky have won six national titles. But uh, this being Kansas's fourth puts them up there in, in rarefied air. I think UConn. Um, has won four as well. So top one of the top programs in the country year in, year out. Bill Self gets another championship, his second there at Kansas. First since 2008. Um, I think you were mentioning in the last show that team with Chalmers and, you know, that was Darryl a Darryl Arthur. Yeah, they, they beat Memphis and Derek uh, Derek Rose in the final game. Oh, um, heartbreaking. Um, Frank crazy Stover. shot, yeah, with Calipari's gang. So, but um, 
Now, Kansas does. They they pull off the huge comeback, and they win the NCAA tournament. A lot of people had them in their bracket. They were a one seed that you know it was rock chalk Jayhawk. It was it was chalk. Getting, even though there are a lot of upsets this year, a number one seed is the is the team that takes it home. And um, I felt for the Carolina players and fans. You know, they really gave it their all. They ha- they had a magical run too, for be, being an eight seed to get all the way there, and and so close they could taste it. Um, Manic played great. The the guy that looks like a mountain man with like the big red yeah, beard. Um, inside and outside. I mean, hitting threes, getting rebounds. <laughs> of course, I, I mentioned Baycott just gutting it out. He re-injured the ankle late in that game, but still, still um, stayed in there. Um, so all in all, I mean, not a disappointment. It was uh, uh, an entertaining game as it got close. And I'm not a Kansas fan. I was kind of pulling for Carolina in the ACC and the underdog. So I was kind of bummed out when a couple, you know, calls didn't go their way late and a couple, you know, poor decisions. Um, but uh, in the end, the better team won, you you could tell. Um, so nothing to be upset about for for uh, for Carolina and their fans. Um, and Hubert Davis has that team, you know, not missing a beat now after Roy Williams retired. I mean, I think he's, it's a great hire. He was an alumni there, played there in the 80s, played in the NBA. Um keeping the system the same that, that Roy Williams, you know, taught him and um, the recruiting is going to be there. Cause it's just a team that, you know, the, the name recruits itself. I mean, it's, it's uh it's UNC, it's, it's Michael Jordan, it's powder blue. It's, you know, so he's going to get recruiting classes to come in there. And I think Carolina is going to be a force um, under Hubert Davis. And, and I think they're returning a lot of these guys. So look out for them next year. So um, yeah, Bronson, that was it. I mean, a couple of great, you know, the Kansas Villanova game wasn't great, but the, uh, you know, the other two games this weekend were, were entertaining and I, uh, you know, it wrapped up and tied a bow on a pretty good tournament this year. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, I, you know, not to put me, you know, my bias aside here, but I, I, I'm a Duke fan. You've known that. So this is double heartbreak, you know, Kay's last game at Cameron and, and, uh, and and now now the loss to North Carolina in the Final Four and yeah I mean it's just sad and uh, you know as a Duke fan but of course most people were North Carolina fans so you know obviously that you know a lot of people took some uh, took some glee at the fact that Kay went out you know as we know right now I was going to retire with the uh, the big out to North Carolina and I know Madden was going nuts uh, this uh, this week saying that maybe North Carolina this is the microcosm of you know now they've basically ruined his whole career. You know, everyone's gonna remember how he went out and losing North Carolina both times that, that year. And um, but I actually, weird way, I thought I thought for I sad way, I thought North Carolina was gonna win because they had, they had posted all these stats and they posted that uh, you know the entire history of, of North Carolina and Duke. Uh, Duke had the 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 forty nine or the fifty to forty nine uh, um, uh, advantage in the terms of the all time rivalry. It was the hundredth time they play and everything. So I was like, of course, K's last game. North Carolina will make it 50-50, send him out, and that's all they'll, that they'll get it done. But, yeah, Frank, like I said, I, 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 I can't stand North Carolina being a Duke fan. I can't stand Kansas. So I didn't make too much an effort to watch that game. It's kind of like, you know, like in college football when North when uh, when Notre Dame plays Ohio State, I just don't care because I just don't like both teams. I, I, I want two teams to lose. It's like when the Capitals play the Flyers. It's the same thing. So, uh, but no, I, I did watch the highlights and uh, and and I definitely I saw at the beginning North Carolina really was running away with it. So maybe oh here we go, 
North Carolina, you know, here we go. And the next thing you know, you know, turn the TV back on to see now the Kansas was slowly making this comeback. And and even though I don't like Kansas, I can't stand them. It, I did take a little bit of glee there to uh, the, the see kind of North Carolina get the uh, the carpet pulled from underneath them. So, um, so it, it made me happy at least on that regard. But you can't deny Kansas, Frank, and North Carolina both both prestigious uh, uh, basketball programs. Um, I also came away. I, I, I was kind of one of North Carolina won the national championship to say that uh, that the, they lost to Pitt during the year too. That Pitt would have got the win over the eventual the champions. Which I mean, Pitt's done that before too in their heyday when they beat Syracuse and years UConn's won it and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, but but no, Frank. Um, no, great recap as well, of course. But uh, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, and obviously the next step for a lot of these guys if they don't come back is either the NBA draft, of course, the the prestigious NCAA transfer portal. Some, I assume some guys will be on the move. Um, a lot of people, that's a lot, I, and I don't know a whole lot about college basketball. Frank, I love to act like I do, but I don't. But apparently, a lot of Bill Self's roster consisted of a lot of guys who came over through the transfer portal. A lot of a lot of seniors, I guess. A lot of guys who had been with other programs for a couple of years. So he got he kind of used the transfer portal to get more seasoned players, your three year, your four year players, as opposed to a lot of you know a lot of players you know a lot of people going to the programs for one and dones or you know the big NBA lottery picks. So you know Bill Self definitely built a, a team based on on veteran leadership and and and, and experience there. So. That's all I know on that, Frank. And uh, no, Frank, it was a great, great coverage. And uh, obviously, look forward to see where some of these stars go in the draft this summer. And uh, obviously, since you said North Carolina is due to come back with a lot of their team uh, next year, so they're instantly going to probably be the top team in the world uh, if Kansas is not. So um, stay tuned for that for sure. But um, I'm going to transition into the other big thing that happened over the weekend. The the uh, I don't know if I could do it as well as Pat Mack if he did it, and we're gonna talk to, about him in a second. The most stupendous WrestleMania ever. Uh, WrestleMania 38 took place at AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas, uh, Saturday night and Sunday night. Jerry World, uh, the Dallas Cowboy Cheaters, let off let off the, the WrestleMania on Saturday. Um, we knew we were gonna get some surprises, Frank. We knew we were gonna get some. Some uh, good good uh, matches. We're gonna get some funny matches. We're gonna get some gimmick matches, uh, celebrities appearances, whatnot. Uh, I know Mr. Mr. Conta, my my, my esteemed co-host, uh, watched a, a big chunk of WrestleMania, and so I cannot wait to, to turn the floor over to him to get his reaction. Um, but let's start, Frank, with Saturday. Um, Saturday kicked off, and, just, and then some of these matches. I'm just gonna go in and say who won and whatnot. <clears throat> So the SmackDown Tag Team Championship started off Saturday. Frank, the Usos took on Shinsuke Nakamura and his partner in guitar player for his entrance, Rick Boogs. The Boogs Cruise. The, that's his finishing move, Frank. And uh, But uh, Rick Boogs actually got injured during this match and then led to the, the Usos. Roman Reigns' cousins, the Usos, part of the bloodline. They retained the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Rick Boogs uh, tore some, uh, some tendons, I think, in his leg and his knee. He's going to be out a couple months, so... Um, we here at the NLN Sportscast, uh, we hope Rick Boogs comes back and uh, quickly and uh, back in the ring as possible. Drew McIntyre, Frankie took on Happy Corbin um, with Mad Cat Moss in his corner um, in a match. Uh, Baron Corbin is actually Happy Corbin's real name, Frank. Uh, he had a bit. Um, he had a cup of coffee in the NFL, played for the Cardinals uh, and the Colts. Former NFL offensive line became a star in NXT and WWE. And now he's 
He's uh, he was Baron Corbin, King Corbin. He's had different gimmicks, but now uh, he played this guy who was like homeless, and then he went to Vegas and hit and hit the casinos and became rich. Now he's Happy Corbin. He went from Sad Corbin to Happy Corbin. Um, they took Drew McIntyre out of the pay per view two months ago. Frank tried to break his neck, and uh, McIntyre made his uh, return to the Royal Rumble. Took out uh, Happy Corbin. So they've kind of had a couple month rivalry. Frank. This led to WrestleMania, and of course Drew McIntyre. Uh, with his huge Highlander sword, he defeats Happy Corbin in that match. Frank, one of our uh, celebrity appearances at WrestleMania um, it was, uh, was Logan Paul. He teamed with The Miz to take on Dominic, and uh, that's the son of Rey Mysterio, so Rey and his son Dominic at WrestleMania. Believe it or not, the 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 bat the the heels here, Logan Paul and The Miz, actually got a clean win over the Mysterios, and that actually wasn't the action of the night. Um, Miz and uh, Logan Paul were celebrating. Uh, and Logan Paul, Frank, looked really good in the ring. And I knew nothing about these Paul guys. I know they do boxing matches. I know Logan Paul took Mayweather to the limit in terms of a boxing, you know, staying staying in, in, the, in the fight. Um, but I guess Logan Paul, someone told me, was a high school wrestler, like an all-state wrestler. So he does have some athletic ability. Obviously, he can fight in the ring and box. So, uh, But he had, Logan Paul looked really good, Frank. It looked like he didn't. And obviously, I know that he's been training with the Miz, but... Uh, he definitely didn't look out at a, at a place there. Um, and he uh, did the frog splash, you know, mocking the Eddie Grower thing that the Mysterios do. But Paul and Miz do get the win. And Miz, in a, in a stunning move, Frank, turns on Logan Paul when his back was turned. Hit him with a skull-crushing finale. Kind of Miz being the ultimate bad guy saying, this is all mine. This is none of yours. So I assume that they'll probably do something for SummerSlam. I assume this is probably something they'll put in the back pocket and then, uh, you know, come back with it probably around SummerSlam, which is the second biggest event by WrestleMania. Bianca Belair uh, took on Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's title. Bianca Belair was taken out by Becky Lynch a couple weeks ago, hurt her jaw, whatever. And then on Monday Night Raw in Pittsburgh, which I was at, Frank, Bianca Belair cut off a big chunk of Becky Lynch's hair. So Becky Lynch had redder hair, shorter hair. But Bianca Belair, the EST of WWE, Frank, the fastest, prettiest, strongest, you know, quickest. Um, the, and um, she uh, defeats Becky Lynch, and for the second year in a row, WrestleMania, she leaves with a women's championship. On that, on that note, there too, Frank. So, Bianca Belair, one of the the young stars in WWE, who's going to be part of the women's revolution for years to come. Phenomenal athlete, tremendous character, and uh, she's looking good there. So then, Frank, Seth Rollins, I don't know if you've been watching the thing with Seth Rollins, but he's been looking for his WrestleMania moment. He couldn't find a way on WrestleMania. And so on Raw last week, or in you know Pittsburgh the week before WrestleMania, he went to Mr. McMahon's office. Mr. McMahon said, oh, if you wanted a WrestleMania moment, Seth, all you had to do was ask. And I'll put you in there. And then he goes, who's my opponent? And Mr. McMahon goes, "It'll be you'll, you won't find out until you're in the ring until I tell you. Good luck. Don't let me down. So there had been speculations about who the opponent would be. A lot of people thought maybe it was Shane McMahon who had who'd been off TV for a while. A lot of people there, Bray Wyatt rumors had turned up in Dallas. Maybe it was Bray Wyatt. And maybe it was a certain son of a son of a plumber who uh, just got out of his AEW deal, who just ended his AEW deal. So, of course, um, Seth Rollins makes his way to the ring and the lights go out and they're making him wait. And they're making him wait. And the crowd's chanting something I'm not going to repeat because I don't want to ruin the surprise. And then, Frank, if you're an AEW fan, if you've been watching, one of the founding fathers, the EVP, the son of the son of a plumber, the lights went out, and then you just heard this. Wrestling has more than one royal family. 
and the whole place, Frank, in Dallas explodes. As Corey Graves, the Pittsburgh native who's on commentary, said, the prodigal son has returned. It was Cody Rhodes, Frank, one of the creators of AEW, the EVP. In a stunning wrestling move, he took a, he signed a multi-year deal with WWE um, and debuted at Wrestle, made his return at WrestleMania and defeated Seth Rollins. And the Frank, the, I was just so happy for Cody because I've been with Cody on this trip, you know, as a fan, you know, trying to change the industry, having a good alternative brand at WWE. Obviously got with Tony Khan, made AEW, became the EVP there. But he'd been there for a few years. He said, you know, I've done kind of all I can do in terms of being the EVP there, creating a competition changing the wrestling world. And he said, this was kind of a move I felt like I had to do for myself. He felt like there was a lot of unfinished business in WWE, um, you know, with the Stardust gimmick and everything and losing and stuff. He asked to leave. He bet on himself. And now he's come back, Frank, making much more money than he did before. Vince McMahon is letting him be the, the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes as he was in AEW. And uh, I'm I, I'm so happy for him. And and Seth Rollins is one of his good friends too. So I'm sure he had no no uh, issue doing the job for him. And uh, it was a great reaction, Frank. I I know you watched. I'm sure you watched that too. If you guys didn't watch WrestleMania on Saturday, the night one, Cody's debut was so awesome. And uh, I implore you to, to watch that. But a couple more things then. Saturday, <clears throat> Charlotte Flair, Ric Flair's daughter, defeated Ronda Rousey. A little bit of a little bit of dirtiness, a little trickery. It wasn't quite a, a clean finish there. I think, Frank, they're going to keep that going for a couple more months. So that's just kind of starting things off. And, of course, the main event, Frank, Kevin Owens invited Steve Austin on the Kevin Owens show. There was speculation, and we talked about in the podcast, whether Austin would wrestle or would he not wrestle. We found out that the reason they didn't kind of come out and say it was they didn't. Steve didn't know if he would be able to wrestle. He said, I'll play it by ear. I'll play it Saturday. You know, if, if I feel like doing it, we'll do it. If not, we'll just make it a segment where I just, you know, you know, get get physical. Uh, Kevin Owens brings him on, kind of tears him up a little bit verbally and said, I'm challenging you to a no-holds-barred match. Steve Austin accepts Frank and the whole Dallas crowd goes nuts. Stone Cold in a no-holds-barred match against Kevin Owens. 13 minutes, 55 seconds. Of course, Kevin Owens hits Steve Austin with a stunner. But Austin, of course, has the last laugh. Couple stunners, the KO. There's the win. Stone Cold toast Saturday night off with the celebratory. And Frank, if you were a fan of the Attitude Era, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you in on this one before I go into Sunday. I'm not going to be quite as detailed on Sunday since I think Saturday was the better night. But um, you, I'm, I know you watch this part. I know you're a big Steve. Um, as oh, we all were as kids, a big Steve Austin fan. So, what was your reaction seeing Steve Austin back? Yeah, it just it brought you back to 20 years ago and. Just that, like you said, the Attitude Era when it was super popular, Monday Night Wars. And, you know, Stone Cold didn't look bad. I mean, he's a little, put on a few pounds, um, looks a little bit older. You know, that bald head, I guess you can't tell if he would have gray hair or not. But uh, <laughs> just crazy to see him come out, you know, in the jean shorts and the black T-shirt again. And hear the glass break and him run out. Um, yeah, it's just nostalgia. And, um, you know, I know it's just, you know, for two nights only or whatever, but, uh, and he's not, it's not like he's returning, but I'd love to see the legends come back. You know, we've seen the rock come back and do a few appearances. Cena will come back once in a while. Um, you know, now the, the undertaker would do it. Now he is retired, but, uh, no, it's just awesome to see him back. And, um, and we got to see him again Sunday too, which was cool. He was there both nights. Yeah. I want to get um, into that in a second. 
So but, yeah, I was excited. It was it was bringing me back, and I, you know, that's why I that that's a transition into Sunday because that was the night I actually watched every match. So yeah, that's you, that's why I kind of ran through this one. I'm glad you, you you cued me in on what happened Saturday because I didn't see Saturday, but I was uh, uh you know dialed in edge of my seat for Sunday. Yeah. So so Frank did watch Sunday, so we're gonna go into Sunday, and I'm and I'm gonna. I'm going to go through every match, then go back to Frank. Cause I, uh, Frank was texting me as WrestleMania was happening. <laughs> so I know Frank has some strong opinions. Yeah. But I'm going to go through the card and throw it to you. Uh, Frank, Sunday started with Matt Riddle, what do you call him Riddle now, and Randy Orton, known as RK Bro. They were in a triple threat tag team match for the Raw Tag Team Champions. Riddle and Orton were the champions. You know, RK Bro. The Street Profits, Montez Ford and Angela Dawkins. And my favorite, one of my favorite teams that for Goofy Wise, the uh, uh, hilarity, the Alpha Academy with Otis and Chad Gable. Or Chad Gable comes out and he does the, he does the shoosh, thank you. And uh, Chad, it's cool to see Chad Gable get a funny character. Uh, Frank, he's a former Olympic wrestler, actually, uh, is Chad Gable. So mm. um, kind of playing his his legitimate legitimacy being real. Um, uh, that was cool. Um but uh, when I, I mean, I, I'm not gonna bore you with the details, but RK Bro did retain. Um, but the cool thing is, Frank, I think if you remember this, and I'll, and I'll let you in here, um, WWE also debut, uh, debuted um, the defending NCAA heavyweight champion, the defending Olympic gold medal wrestler Gable Stevenson. Uh, yeah, they, they you, you can contract. tell that they were they were kind of trying to introduce him to the world yeah. there, and and he's going to be a, a a big player. Yeah, yeah, he's a big dude too, tatted up. Jack, Jack to the kills, and you he's can tell not roided up yet. He's he was like natural, yeah. <laughs> no, he's natural. <laughs> I mean, there's there's te- the testing in the amateur is crazy. So, um, yeah, he went. I forget what college he was at. Um, I want to say Iowa State or Iowa, or maybe something like that. Um, but two time NCAA champ and a gold medalist, and that's he reminded same... me of Russell Martin, the Pirates yeah, catcher. That's fair. Like the, the, his look. And it's funny because, you know, like Rick Fleur said this too on the one podcast is that, you know, now he's going to be compared to Kurt Angle because that's literally the same Path, resume yeah. that Kurt Angle right. has. So now everything he does is going to be compared to Angle. And so now the pressure is going to be on him. He definitely has the look, the athleticism, the physique. But we got to hear him on the microphone, Frank. I want to hear him cut promos. I want to see if yeah. he can talk his way out of it. But uh, they brought him in the ring. He uh, roughed up Chad Gable a little bit, gave you, gave you a little taste of what, you know, maybe what's to come for uh, for Gable Steve since that was a huge acquisition by WWE. Now, the next match, I got to let Frank have a little piece of this because the guy I permit, I predicted would be WWE champion before the end of the year um, took on. He had a challenge in Pittsburgh. Bobby Lashley answered it. This is the match at WrestleMania. Bobby Lashley took on the Colossus known as Omos. And that's one of Frank's favorite dudes now. Now they saw him on TV. He loves Omos. Omos. Frank had Frank had the the height and weight. I was he like seven foot something. You had you texted me. I'm gonna look back. Uh, you had it. <laughs> yeah, that's the Bobby Lashley. Thing. Yeah, I know. I do. I like Lashley's theme song. And, and actually, Bobby Lashley did defeat Omos, but Frank. You had a little, uh, you had a little bit of a, a ripe with with Omos. Well, I'm mad about this one, and you know, and I am not. I don't hate Bobby Lashley. I actually like Bobby Lashley. What a physical specimen! Another specimen. former amateur wrestler, MMA guy. He's a real guy too. I mean, what a physical specimen. Um, he's what do they call his nickname? I like his nickname, the Almighty. The Almighty. Yeah, it's just like I, you know, I wasn't rooting against Lashley, but I do. I, I have taken a liking to Omo Omos. Um, 
even though he kind of is a bad guy. I just love the I love the the guys in sports that are just the biggest, the strongest. Yeah, like I like Araldus Chapman because he throws harder than anybody. You know, I like Otani because he hits them farther than any. Like I just like those guys that do it the best. So um, Omas being seven four four hundred. Yeah, I was telling Katie what NFL team is going to try to sign this guy. <laughs> like put this guy on at, at left tackle if he can. If he but footwork's his problem. He is a statue in there. Yeah, and you know you could see from the <laughs> from the get go though. I mean, Lashley actually like didn't know what to do and he actually admitted it on raw the other night like he came out and said i i was hopeless i i just i didn't know i i couldn't beat him at all like i was getting my you know my ass whooped and he was and the whole match i mean he's just running into omas and 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 hitting his chest and falling to the ground as omas like barks and laughs yeah and Omas had an undefeated streak going, and, and like, who's going to beat this colossus of a man? And you know, obviously, thing, things were set up for Lashley to win this match, and he comes yeah. out. The way he does it is by using agility and quickness, and you know, stealth and and whatever to you know get Omas off his feet. And, and turn the tides and you know one thing omas needs to improve is his you know his, his agility but at seven four four hundred he's not very light on his feet he can't move very well um, yeah. so lastly was able to you know shock the giant there and and, and get a victory kind of a, a quick pin and i was like everybody was kind of shocked and you know omas came out last on, on raw and said that was a fluke um i want a rematch and um and things escalated from there on Raw, but yeah, Lashley coming out with a huge win over Omos. Um, you know, I think this gets him back in the title talk. I mean, yeah, he will be. He'll be back. In Bobby it. Lashley's going to get a chance to get that back, especially with this huge win over Omos. But yeah, I my my beef with Omos, if I'm in team, if I'm in his camp, I'm telling him to lose the jeans, okay? Because he comes out. <laughs> was- this guy, this is the WWE. I know everybody has their own style, but like, get yourself in a you know, a spandex, you know, kind of whatever they call those things and, and get yourself loose. Not only are you slow, how are you going to move in those like skin tight painted on jeans? At least some and, sweatpants. Or and, and like his shoes are just like these cl- clunky <laughs> shoes. Like get yourself in something like, you know, like, like the giant used to wear. Yeah. Like, Mark singlets, yeah. Like. So yeah, Frank was fired up guys. He was fired up. Like, this guy's just got to start getting more mobile because nobody will beat him if he starts getting quicker yeah. and being able to like dodge some attacks. Nobody's gonna beat him. You know what's funny is like everything you just said about him. That's literally what Vince like when he debuted like last year. Vince took him off TV for a while because of the same things. He put him back down to developmental to get better at some of those things. And he's he's actually believe it or not better than he was. But like you said, there's definitely a lot of room for improvement. And uh, but yeah, Vince McMahon definitely. Um, he definitely shares the same thing you do, Frankie, uh, about Omas. And I think if a little more seasoning and grooming, I'm telling you right now, the guy's going to main event at WrestleMania. I'm telling you right now, he's going to main event at WrestleMania. I think he's going to be the champion someday. I mean, I predicted he would be by the end of the year, but I don't. Now I feel like I, I kind of want to walk that back. But oh, okay, I'm starting to look deeper into him. He was a college basketball player. Yeah. Um, and he's being trained by Kevin Nash. Yeah, Nash trained him. I do know. Pretty cool. I mean, Nash is a big guy too. So if anyone yeah. knows it'll be big, he does. But no, Frank. Um, and I'm gonna go back to the amateur stuff here in a little bit. But um, we're gonna continue on with the night here, here at WrestleMania. Um, 
So uh, the next match, Frank, was kind of like your the hilarity. Uh, Sami Zayn took on Jackass's Johnny Knoxville in an Anything Goes match. Yeah. This is basically just like a like a, a, a gimmick. A comedy- yeah, gimmick You're match. You're supposed they to believe Johnny Jackass Knoxville gimmicks. can win a match. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, anything goes. It's kind of a hardcore match, so it's not a clean match. This is and where you had, had all the props. Yeah, all the props, all the all the mouse traps and signs and everything. <laughs> <The> human mouse trap. <laughs> human mouse trap. We man body slammed Sami Zayn. <laughs> that was great. Hulk and Andre. Yeah. <laughs> so Johnny Knoxville does defeat Sami Zayn. The fatal four-way match for the Women's World Tag Team Champions Squirrel Quick Frank. Naomi and Sasha defeated the, the current champions at the time, Carmella and Queen Zelina. And then Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley took the loss as well as Shayna Baszler and, and Natalia, Bret Hart's niece and Jim Neidhart's daughter there. Then Frank Edge and AJ Styles. This was probably what some people thought was going to be the wrestling match of the night in terms of catch-as-catch-can technical wrestling. It was. People didn't like the ending, though. Damian Priest comes in and distracts AJ Styles, allows Edge to defeat, defeat him. They tease the Edge and uh, Damien Priest are going to make this the stable, this dark stable. And there's rumors that Rhea Ripley may possibly join this as well as Tommaso Ciampa. AJ Frank, Styles injured in the in, uh, in the walkout too. Did you see that? Yes, I it did was uh, something happened with the pyro, and he got hit by like shrapnel. It was not supposed yeah. to happen. Yeah, I did after the after Manny went off the air. I saw that he had hit, hit with some shrapnel. Yeah, with the pyro. But Frank, going back to what you said about Amos too, one thing you mentioned the, night, the next night on Raw was uh. Lashley's manager, uh, MVP, turned on him and aligned with Omos. That's yeah, that's right. That was a, a, a shocking move. Yeah, as he, he a uh, swerve. Um, Ridge and Shane, Ridge Holland, Shameless. Uh, they they defeated the New Day. That was it. So Frank, another the big thing too as well. Um, before we we wrap up this WrestleMania segment, another celebrity appearance. Although he's been working for WWE for quite a few months now, uh, the former NFL All Decade punter. Via WVU, via Pittsburgh. Now he lives in Indianapolis. Has his be- probably one of the best talk shows, sports talk shows on the planet. Pat McAfee uh, took on Austin Theory, Mr. McMahon's protege. And um, no surprise, Frank, as I talked Pat McAfee up before in NXT when he faced Adam Cole. Great match. McAfee, of course, a little wrestling training, so he knows what he's doing. He defeats uh, Austin Theory. Mr. McMahon's not happy. Pat McAfee goads him into the ring, and then McAfee's attacked by Austin Theory, and 76-year-old Mr. McMahon starts beating the crap out of <laughs> Pat McAfee, and he kicks the, punts the ball into Pat McAfee's ribs and <laughs> pins him, so Pat McAfee is this great moment at WrestleMania. Michael Cole was so in it, because he's, he's Michael Cole is Pat McAfee's one of his good friends in WWE, um, so McAfee defeats Austin Theory, loses to Mr. McMahon, and they're beating, up, they're beating him up, and who comes out to save him, Frank? Stone Cold Steve Austin. You heard the glass break, and I was like, I don't think I got to text you, but I was like, Austin's going to come out, and I, I, I would have been correct. Yeah. So Austin uh. comes out. Austin comes out. Uh, I, I don't know. Theory got. I think Theory might have got stunned. He just was out of the picture. But Theory. So Austin gives McMahon a beer. They toast. Except Steve Austin kicks him. Of course, it's his old nemesis, right, Frank? Mister McMahon kicks him, gives him the stunner. <laughs> The worst stunners I've ever seen taken. It was totally botched. Like, yeah. He, he, well, they said McMahon Austin kicked him down. really hard. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so he kicks him. Mr. McMahon gives him the stunner. And then we think it's going to end with McAfee and Austin. They both go on each corner. They drink beer. Austin and Pat McAfee buddies toasting. And then, of course, DTA, Frank, don't trust anybody. Austin spins around, kicks him, and gives Pat McAfee <laughs> the stunner. So if Mr. McMahon took the worst stunner, I think Pat McAfee might have taken the best stunner. 
He takes he sold it. it he spits, sold it great. Yeah. He spits the beer out and falls down. <laughs> and then they get the great camera angle when he's rolled out the ring. He's supposed to be like out cold. He's drinking a beer laying down as Austin yeah. Sullivan. In a, in a, in he a, wasn't in a, even in mad. It was like a, an honor to be stunned by Austin. Oh, McAfee was on the show Monday. It was like loving it. He was talking, yeah. bragging about it. But he said he's so glad people got caught him on the ground drinking while he was supposed to be passed out. And it was it's like made every gift file on Twitter all around. But a great appearance by Pat McAfee. Frank, you, you guys know how much I love Pat McAfee, the Pittsburgh kid from Plum. He's the only West Virginia Mountaineer I think I've ever supported and loved. Uh, but but as a pit guy, but love Pat McAfee. Always support him. And Frank, not not I know this thing is probably going a little too long, but the main event, Frank, um, was the winner take all Universal Champion Roman Reigns versus the WWE Champion Brock Lesnar. Um, this match only went 12 minutes 15 seconds. Um, whether or not Roman actually got hurt or not may have shortened this match. Brock uh, had him in a Kimura, might have, and there was a there was a when he did the spear to Lesnar on the barricade, they thought maybe that too might have jacked his shoulder up too. It did end rather abruptly. So something <clears> yeah, up, it did yeah. end abruptly. But Roman Reigns, you know, Superman punches, German suplexes, F fives, spears. Uh, when it was all said and done, Roman Reigns defeats Brock Lesnar. Frank, he is now the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. Yeah, it unified the belts. Yeah, unified the belts. We're gonna find out Friday on SmackDown what the next move is for Mister Reigns. A lot of rumors, Frank, is that eventually now we're gonna do the Rock thing. Where they're going to set this up a year in advance. The Rock's going to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That's the rumors right now. Um, and then he would do the honors, put Roman over. And that basically makes Roman a main man. That's the Rock's cousin, obviously. That's uh-huh. Samoan uh, lineage there. But that wraps WrestleMania. I forget really nothing more to say about that. I know you watched it. Uh, you were, you, uh, you really, uh, I love, you know, I love getting people's opinions who don't watch it every week. And, uh-huh. and I think, you know, I think what helps too, Frank, and I think you'll agree. Because Clark texted me too and asked if he could watch WrestleMania. Is it not pe- many people know that you can just watch WrestleMania on Peacock? Yeah. And so you guys tuned in obviously because you don't have to pay the sixty dollars for <laughs> WrestleMania as long as you have the subscription. So uh-huh. this is an opportunity, Frank. Too, I think WWE's thinking long term, big picture. That the average fan could just pick pick this up and watch it and go, "This is awesome," and then get into it. Thing. Yeah. But um, but no, Frank. That's it. I I know I've talked way too long about wrestling, right? I don't get too much of a, of a shine on wrestling this much. So, um, enjoyed it. Um, what I thought this WrestleMania, a lot of people didn't like it, but I thought it was the best one in at least a few years mm-hmm. uh, since the COVID went on, honestly. So, um, just because of Austin and Pat McAfee and everything. So, um, hopefully we'll see what happens, Frank. Next year it's at SoFi. So, well, crazy, yeah. Yeah, WrestleMania goes Hollywood next year at SoFi. I was excited, Bronson. Um, I did watch all of Sunday night. I did. I did turn it off. I didn't see um, the Sheamus Ridge Holland match. That was the only one I missed. But um, you know, Johnny Knoxville match obviously hilarious. The the, the table with the mouse traps, the stop sign, crutches, a garbage <laughs> can, a giant human <clears throat> mouse trap that they that Sami Zayn obviously wasn't caught in, but like pretended the thing, it yeah. barely worked. Johnny Knoxville couldn't get it to work at first. It was so funny. Um, yeah. All the people coming out, we man, Chris Pontius. Um, I loved even back to the very first match, the midair RKO that kind of ended that match. It was oh, yeah. amazing. I, I, I think the, the opponent jumped from the turnbuckle and Orton caught him midair. It was great. It was Montez Ford, I think. It was yeah. Montez Ford of uh, the Street Profits. It was that was a great finisher. Um, 
And uh, yeah, the Edge AJ Styles match was great. Hate, hated to see you know the the Damian Priest uh, distraction in that one, but it was a great long match. And yeah. uh, then seeing McAfee hold his own in the ring too. You talked about um, how great uh, Jake Paul did or Logan or Paul. Logan Paul, yeah. Um, for for a non wrestler, uh, for for a non wrestler, McAfee looked great. He was nimble. Yeah. They showed him training in Indianapolis. He was doing stuff off the turnbuckle, backflips, landing on his feet. He jumped right on the top rope. He did like a full leap on the top. Yeah, rope. Yeah, from from the ground to the top rope. That's tough to do. Guys practice that, in the gym. It's, like it's funny because when Pat McAfee first got his big money, the first thing he bought, he had the house in Indy. He bought a wrestling ring and put it in his barn, and like he, he loves wrestling. Because they showed the yeah, they showed the backstory of him growing up in Plum, Pennsylvania, in the backyards on the trampolines, and he's like, "It's always been my dream." So pretty cool. And you know, I had I had knocked him for retiring from the NFL early, and thinking, you know, you know, you got you're a punter, you could play another 10, 15 years, yeah. make a ton of money. Well, he knew what he was doing because he retires from the NFL, gets a podcast, gets a TV or a, a radio show, and now he's involved in WWE making like 10 times more than what he ever made in football. <laughs> his, right? so, his, his deal with FanDuel, I think it's FanDuel, for that show. I think 80 it's like, million. Yeah, it's something. like 80 million. So right. like he knew what he's doing. He ain't dumb. So I, I, I eat my words. He was smart. And I will say this, and, I've, and this is me firsthand. I've actually talked to Mark Mad when he did the appearance here. Now, what? Mm-hmm. That's really one of the, the like the nicest guys. That's good. Like everything know. you yeah. see is legit. It's not. Madden, it's not fake. Yeah. Yeah. Madden said he's donated money to Mark's like street hockey tournaments. Uh-huh. Most recently, Frank, uh, last month or so, uh, McAfee made a surprise appearance at Plum High School and donated two million dollars to their sports program. Wow. So I mean, yeah, good guy, man. I did, you, you can't help but you can't help but not like Pat McAfee, yeah. uh, unless unless he you know killed you every year, but. <laughs> uh, no, Mac- McAfee was awesome. Frank. I, c- I can't say enough about Pat. And uh, and it's like, I, I feel like it's funny. I don't know if you, you didn't watch the first night of, of, of it when McAfee mm-hmm. was announcing the first night, too. He does this thing where when, when Nakamura and Rick Boogs come out, he plays the guitar. McAfee gets on the table, starts dancing. He does like this <laughs> thing. And it's like become this huge thing. Where he gets up and dances. Because I think I think Vince loves McAfee because like he gives the perception of the fan. He's not a mm-hmm. former wrestler. He's not like Jerry Lawler. Right. He's like a fan. It's like, what would what would Frank do if he was announcing SmackDown? What would Bronson do if he was right. announcing SmackDown? And I think Vince loves that. And McAfee had Good Vince point. on his show for like a two hours. And he got probably the best interview to Vince McMahon that anyone's ever gotten. Now, I've been knocking McAfee because I feel like he kind of lays it down for Rodgers and the NFL. Like, like Madden said, protecting the brotherhood of yeah. the NFL. But when he had Vince on, I thought he had the best interview he could after that. But like I said, yeah. And then, uh, then you obviously Frankie watched the Roman, the Roman Brock match as well. Yeah. The Roman Brock match. I was, I was on team Lesnar and I was hoping Brock Lesnar would win. And I, I honestly think if this one, you know, if, if it wasn't, uh, kind of, uh, decided that Roman would retain the titles. Um, I, I thought Lesnar would have, would have won. Yeah. Um, I think, I think Lesnar dominated the fight. I think he was a stronger opponent. I think he, it's- Got more blows in, but uh, it's a slow burn, Frank. They're they're building Roman, like they're yeah, they're and, this and that happened years force. ago. Like I I yeah. was watching a few years ago where I could notice like Roman Reigns is going to be the face uh, of WWE in, former, in a couple uh, of years. So. Former defensive lineman, Georgia Tech, ACC ball. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was back back in the days. What did they call it? it? Was him and Seth Rollins and the Shield? And yeah, the Shield. Back I was back. Dean Ambrose, who's now Dean John Am- Moxley in AEW. Yeah. Dean Ambrose. Yeah, I was I, I was a Shield fan of them coming out of the crowd and everything. So now it's yes, but uh, 
No, good match. I, I do think it was cut short. I didn't think it was, it was probably supposed to go 20, 30 minutes, not 12 minutes. So yeah. they're, they're, you and I were talking off air, you know, some type of injury was whispered to the ref and they had to like kind of change up the, the game plan and end it sooner. Um, I hope, I don't know how long he's going to be out, but uh, cause I'd like, I would love to see I him think, defend the titles soon. I think, and I don't know what's wrong with him, but just me speaking, I don't know what's going on. I assume they'll do something where they keep him on TV because I don't think Vince wants him out of it out of it right now. They've just literally invested all this in there. Like he just hurt his arm. I'm sure they'll do something, but I think they'll keep him on TV. Maybe have the Usos kind of protect him, kind of like be his lackeys, and like yeah. and he won't see him in the ring for a while, just to buy him time to heal that arm up. And I really think that's what they did. I don't, Vince can't pull him off TV now. He's he's their their biggest heel right now, and I I think they'll find a way to make it work. So, yeah, Bronson, I mean, awesome segment. Fun breaking it all down with you, too. Ex- oh, go ahead. By the way, this is the perfect leeway. I'm going to blow your mind before you even get into baseball. Ready okay. for this? Yeah. So you what? Did you watch all of Raw Monday? No, just a little bit. Did you watch the beginning? No. There is a wrestler who debuted. He's actually been in the system for four years. His name is Veer Mahan. I don't know if you saw the commercials for Veer Mahan. Mm-mm. He's this Indian Punjabi wrestler. <laughs> Um, who made his debut? He'd have been he'd been on TV before, but not on Raw, not on the main TV. He's been on main event like the the third the, the like the old Shotgun Sunday Night Heat kind of shows. Uh, it's like a main event. I know where you're going with this because I just Googled him. <laughs> okay, Frank just cheated. I was gonna blow his mind. <laughs> that that's Frank blowing cheated. my mind now. It's even Frank, even looking it up. If you're behind, I'm not gonna ask you. You already looked. So for those of you who don't know, who are avid baseball fans, Frank, people. Veer Mahan's real name is Rinku Singh. Yes, that Rinku Singh. The Million Dollar Arm, the movie, you know, uh, the former Pirates prospect, uh, the pitcher from, from India. Uh, I told my friend Mike Shuttleworth he could not believe it. He literally blew his mind at <laughs> a couple of people who didn't know. But, yeah, so Rinku Singh was a Pirates prospect and obviously didn't make it. He was the Million Dollar Arm, the subject of the John Hamm Disney movie. And so as soon as he was out of baseball, WWE signed on the NXT in, in, in 2018. They've groomed him for about four or five years. And now he's Veer uh, Mahan. And on uh, he was in Pittsburgh too, Frank. They had him off. He did a non-televised match. So, you know, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. The former pirate prospect, Riku Singh, is now Crazy. in WWE. He's Veer Mahan. He's this huge Punjabi wrestler. He beat up the Miz and or he beat up uh, Dominic and Rey Mysterio on Monday. Um, he choked Dominic out, so they're, they're really going to give him a big push. I'll give deal, you a so. trivia question. Who was the other pitcher that, that was? Oh, there? my gosh. I don't know. That one. Dinesh don't Patel. Dinesh Patel. Okay. Right. So, so I knew as soon as Frank started smiling, <laughs> he knew he Googled him. I, I would have I not gotten that. I had to Google it, and I was started to laugh. because. So what do you think about that, Frank? You look at his picture from when he was a Pirates rookie. He was like. 80 pounds and now he's this jacked up wrestler and i could see it's wwe's way of getting somebody from like indian descent you know they're trying to get that you know more yeah. diverse. they made jinder mahal the wwe champion a couple years ago because of them wanting a bigger presence in india yeah so that's really cool i wonder if he you know this is a guy that wins a contest in india to come to the u.s to try to you know get a professional baseball tryout um ended up getting some money from it never made it past like double a i think um he made it further than Dinesh Patel. Yeah. Um, but, you know, f- fizzled out and 
I guess maybe took some of the money he made playing pro baseball and like got himself involved in entertainment somehow, got signed with an agency, got, you know, good trainers and, and came up with this dream or somebody, I don't know if somebody approached him or I'd love to hear the story. How yeah, he, I know, I know triple H is like, you know, not to go into more wrestling thing, but triple H uh, had a heart a scare a few months ago and he's doing well now. He announced his retirement. He's not going to wrestle again. But part of his his job now, Frank, and as has been, is he 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 tries to recruit guys outside of of the wrestling bubble and bring guys in, and and this is part of a Triple H recruit. Oh, that's and cool. not to mention that too, Frank. But just recently, uh, Roman Masek, or Machek or Masek, he's a football player from Duquesne. From Duquesne, uh, this weekend Triple H signed him to NXT. So the Duquesne University football player Roman Masek is now going to get a tryout at the Performance Center. So this is one of those things where Triple H and Vince and those guys, they're trying to go outside wrestling to find superstars as well. Um, remember Sabi Piscatelli, the former Buccaneer safety? He had a run in, in NXT. So this is another one of those where they go they go outside the bubble and uh, try to find a superstar, and that's what you have here with uh, Veer Mahan. But I veer too much, Frank. That's just <laughs> to throw that at you. Before we, uh, really cool. we patch into the Dalai Lama to talk about, uh, you know, of course, baseball. Yeah, Bronson, thanks for that segment. I mean, it's like you said, you get to usually talk about wrestling and like maybe your final thoughts or something, but um, it's good. You know, WrestleMania, the Super Bowl of wrestling, it was good to dedicate an entire segment to it. And the fact that I was a participant uh, and got to interject is cool. I know you love when I get involved in NASCAR talk or, or uh, and especially now wrestling, as I love when you talk golf and tennis with me. So, you know, kind of when we cross over to each other's niche, uh, niche, uh, sports it's always fun but that does transition us into segment number three tonight one of our four main topics and it's that's going to be the mlb preview and as bronson likes to call me the Dalai <coughs> Lama of baseball this is my favorite sport i follow it closely even though my pirates our pirates are you know the lovable losers again um i'm a huge fan of the big stars and you know the the teams that are competitive and just Last year's postseason was great, culminating with the Braves winning it all. And, you know, we had the lockout, which we've covered on this show, that was kind of depressing everybody for 99 days over the winter, kind of ruined the winter meetings that I love and all the hot stove talk and players signing in new places. And, you know, usually you get a lot of, you know, December, January, you get to get excited and then start thinking about pitchers and catchers reporting. Well, that didn't happen till mid-March this year, Bronson, because of the lockout. And then you saw a run on signings and trade. So that was kind of fun there in the last couple of weeks. And now on the eve of, you know, we're recording Wednesday, April 6th, um, opening days tomorrow, Thursday, April 7th. By the time this show's posted and you guys are listening to it, there's probably been a couple of games in, maybe a series already uh, in the books. But um, I'm going to give some of my predictions, some of my thoughts on the upcoming 2022 season. Um, I really like what the Toronto Blue Jays have have uh, going. All the young players, you know, the sons of former players, Bronson knows them, Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Cavan Biggio. Um, you add a Matt Chapman into that mix, former MVP candidate with Oakland. Um, you have Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is a good player. Um, the rotation, I think, could use some work. They did bring... Springer's they, still there? They got George Springer, yeah, who has the you know the playoff pedigree. Rotation, I think they need to bolster. Maybe they'll do that at the deadline. Um, but uh, that team is going to be a force in the AL East. I think they'd get over the hump and make the playoffs this year. But 
that's talk about the AL East, one of the toughest divisions. You have Boston, the Yankees, the Rays. You know, you got the big spenders, but then you got the Rays that just year in, year out threaten to, you know, win 100 games and go on a playoff run. So that's going to be an exciting race to watch. Um, AL Central is always that kind of up for grabs division. I look for Detroit to turn some heads this year. They just acquired Austin Meadows, former Pirate prospect and and uh, Tampa Bay Rays star. Um, the Rays just kind of a head scratcher. They got these this young player from the Pirates in the Archer deal where they fleece the Pirates um, right away. You know, kind of after two years flipping Archer to another team, or I'm sorry, in Meadows. Um, so he's in Detroit now. They they made some big splashes finally, Detroit. They got Javi Baez, Eduardo Rodriguez, the pitcher. Um, they're starting to spend some money um, to put with to, together with some of the young players there. The number one overall pick, Spencer Torkelson, broke camp with the team. Uh, the 2020, I think he was, number one overall pick. So he's going to make his debut uh, tomorrow. Um, you know, the, the White Sox are the class of that division. The Twins kind of are rebooting with, with the Gary Sanchez, um, Josh Donaldson trade there, you know, they brought in Carlos Correa, which was kind of a shocker because it was looking like a rebuild there, but he, he decides to leave the Astros and sign in Minnesota. So talk about a top of the lineup with Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa. I think the twins are going to make some noise challenge the white Sox. I think Detroit will be right there. And then you got the Cleveland guardians. Yes. I said the guardians, um, much to Bronson's pleasure as he was always calling for the Washington uh, football team to change their name. Now the Cleveland Indians kind <laughs> of uh, joined the the crowd of the uh, you know the indigenous uh, Native American uh, names and imagery. Um, they drop that and go from Indians to the Guardians. Um, I think. Not, Frank, I, I go don't, ahead. I, don't, I actually am not strong about this one. I yeah. was strong that they got rid of the Chief Wahoo. Yeah, just because of the image. Yeah, the kind of a cartoon. Now they had the C. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I think I'm not. I mean, I'm only part Native. I actually do have some Native American in me, mm-hmm. so I, I guess I can comment on this. But, <laughs> but um, but I didn't have an issue with with just the C. I mean, it is it is kind of a. I figured at least if they're gonna have the Guardians, they'll maybe have a better logo. I saw they they changed a little bit, but yeah. But um, I get it. But I I feel like the fact that they got rid of a. Uh, Chief Wahoo, I feel like there was not a need, but I guess just to go Guardians to just completely uh, just separate themselves from the affiliation altogether probably is the the smart PR move. Um, uh, yeah. It's still the same colors, and I think I think it's it's really cool how they did it because you still have that 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 I A N S. Yeah, so, like, that was a big choice. That was that was a big reason they picked Guardians. As when you if you take a quick glance, it doesn't really look much different. It's like a yeah. cursive. It's cursive. The uniform color stayed the same. It's a yeah. curs- cursive font. Um, it's better than was, the Commanders. <laughs> yeah, I know Commanders is just a terrible pick. I mean, but no, I I voted for like I was liking the Spiders because they actually before the Indians a hundred years ago were called the Cleveland Spiders. So I thought it would have been cool to kind of go back to the future there and um, and bring back the spiders. Um, a lot of people like just Cleveland baseball team, like the like Washington football team did, um, because then they don't have a new identity they have to get used to. But I think it'll it'll get used to quick just because of the look is the same and everything. So the Guardians, like they are going to be decent, too. I mean, they are a small payroll. But they they did pay. They backed up the 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 money truck for Jose Ramirez yesterday. It announced that he got a five year, hundred and four million dollar extension. So even the small market Cleveland team, 
um, found a way to extend one of their players. The Pirates are in talks with maybe extending key Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds, but uh, it's it's not going to happen. Will are will we ever see a hundred million dollar contract in in Pittsburgh? I don't know under nutting, but. Hayes and Reynolds would be the the two that deserve it, and we could build around them and know that they're going to be here and bring all the prospects up and around those two. But um, I don't think it's going to happen, so we'll see. But then then just moving on, Bronson to the AL West. Um, I think it's going to be Houston's to lose again. Yes, they lost Carlos Correa, but they're returning everybody else: Bregman, Gurriel, Jordan Alvarez, Michael Brantley. Um, they're still a stacked. Uh, loaded lineup Altuve um they have Verlander coming back he missed all last year with Tommy John um getting close to 40 years old but still uh you know a, a, a commanding presence on the mound they lost Zach Greinke um so hole in the rotation there but young guys like Fran Valdez and Luis Garcia are are going to fill in nicely behind Verlander they have Jake Odorizzi still for that four spot in the rotation um, and they have Lance McCullers Jr. still. So solid rotation, good bullpen. Um, they just locked up their closer, Ryan Presley, long-term. Got to favor Houston, but Seattle is coming, Bronson. And this is the longest uh, playoff drought in pro sports, 2001, with Ichiro and company the year. They won 116 or 18 games um, with Edgar Martinez and Ichiro um, and Mike Cameron and that group. Um, Brett Boone. Brett Boone, yeah. <laughs> All roided up, Brett Boone. You said John Olerud, right? Yeah. I didn't say Olerud. No, yeah, Olerud. Um, they haven't made the playoffs since that team brought us in 21 years. And um, they have really made a splash in the offseason. They signed the Cy Young Award winner, Robbie Ray. They trade for a former Pirate All-Star, Adam Frazier. Who will That's fit what I saw, yeah. At, fit nicely in that lineup. So another reason to root for them there. I've always been a Frazier fan. Um, they trade for two red sluggers, Eugenio Suarez and Jesse Winker. Huge, like you, those are middle of the lineup. You're going to get 80 homers from those two. Like you, they injected 80 homers and 160 RB, 170 RBIs in that trade. bullpen help still bronze but there's always a deadline um so i think they're going to be right there in first in the race for for the al west all year and you have to think oakland stays relevant even though they're they always reboot rebuild like tampa with a small payroll but um but they they always find a way to be competitive but you got to watch out for our angels, Bronson. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call. I'm calling you. I'm adopting you as an angel fan because <laughs> I know you're an Otani. You're an Otani fan. Yeah. He's gonna pitch and hit. He's gonna pitch and hit again. There's the Otani rule this year, Bronson, which I didn't know if you heard. He's yes. allowed to DH and pitch in the same game, so he can. He does. They don't have to forfeit the DH anymore. So easier decision for Joe Madden. Let him DH. Let him hit. Um, let him pitch. If something happens where he gets a blister on his finger in the first inning and has to come out of the game for as a pitching standpoint, he can still hit. Um, if he gets rocked in the first inning and gives up seven runs and they have to take him out and go to the bullpen, he can still hit as DH. I really like that. Um, it's kind of crazy. That is the college rule. Everybody's kind of flipping out, but it's not 
un, it's not that unfamiliar. That's the role in yeah. college because a lot of pitchers hit, hit in college. Um, but, and and uh, I think with the, the the NL now doing the DH, I think I think it's more pragmatic. Right. You know what I mean? Pragmatic. They, they right. do that. So the Angels have to. This has to be the year. We're wasting Mike Trout's prime. Um, he's going to be 30, 30 years old. Uh, it's Otani's prime. Anthony Rendon has to come back from injury. He missed like all last year. He was their big signing a few years ago. You know, they plucked him from the world champion nationals. Um, he $180 million or whatever they gave him. He has to play 150 games. Um, and, and a lineup, I'm sorry, that has Otani trout Rendon. Is is going to be tough to navigate for pitchers. Um, now they now they're going to rely on young guys like Jared Walsh, Joe Adele, David Fletcher um, to really you know they to lengthen that lineup because they can't be too top heavy. Um, you look at some of the other contenders in this in this AL. They got one through nine. They got studs. You know Boston picking up Trevor Story. The Yankees with Gallo and Rizzo and Stanton and Judge. The, the Angels with you know those big three, they're going to need some support from from the Walshes and the and the Fletchers and big news they cut Justin Upton, um, which is kind of overdue. He was an overpaid, um, aging you know failing you know former superstar. So they kind of cut ties. I'm I'm interested to see where he resurfaces or if he has to report to AAA with them, which would kind of be a you know a hit to his ego. Um, excuse me, I got to sneeze. Uh. Yeah, um, but no, uh, that that's my AL you know prediction there. As uh, far as playoff teams, um, I I gotta revisit the format. I do believe it's gonna be top six now. Yeah. Um, they, so I I I think it's it's gonna be tough to see one of those AL East teams miss the miss the playoffs. Um, but I got um, I got the Yankees winning the East. I'm sorry, I, I, I that's probably a little biased because I do like the Yankees. Same. Um, I. I, I think you're Toronto. Everybody is. That's the sexy pick, but I'm not. I'm gonna. I think Toronto will get one of the wild cards. I think in the Central, the uh, the White Sox, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bold prediction and say the Tigers uh, sneak up on people and get a wild card. Um, and then the other, I'm gonna say out west, uh, Seattle and uh, the Angels make it. I'm gonna say Houston takes a step back in the post Korea era. Uh, misses the playoffs, which would kind of end a, a pretty big streak for them. They, you know, made, made the playoffs seven or eight years in a row now. But uh, I really hope for a baseball fan's uh, perspective that um, that the Angels can can get into the playoffs this year. I want to see Otani and Trout and uh, with the spotlight in the postseason. So um, jumping over to the NL, Bronson, um, NL East is. Such a competitive division. Um, oh, you yeah. have the de- the defending champion Braves. Um, you have the Mets, which were the big spenders with 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 Mister O, Mister Cohen, the owner, um, Buck Showalter, the manager, bringing in Scherzer, Frankie Lindor last year. He's going to be better in his second year in, in in a Met uniform. They get Starling Marte, so former Bucca to root for there. Sneaky signings like Mark Canna um, and uh, Eduardo Escobar. Um, don't love their bullpen. They're going to go with Edwin Diaz closing again. He's been shaky. Um, what's, but, what's uh, the, um, um, not to cut in. I've been, I've been educating myself with some baseball here. What's the status on DeGrom now with the, and he has a shoulder and uh, the elbow. Or yeah. That one was hard to hear. Um, DeGrom who couldn't stay healthy last year, only threw like 40, 50 innings. 
Um, when he's on, he's the number one pitcher in the game, and it's not even close. Um, he's the most dominant pitcher there is. Um, but he, yeah, he was playing spring training pretty normal, going through his getting his work in. Announced a week before the season that it's a scapula injury, which I had to go back into my Mister Zagorski. Uh, this is your left dorsi. This is your. <laughs> oh my like, gosh. Uh, this is your gastrocnemus. This is your latissimus dorsi. Um, but uh, I love you for that. The scalpula is a, something in the shoulder. I think it's like a bone in the shoulder. Um, not good when you hear about a shoulder injury with a pitcher. You don't want to hear elbow. You don't want to hear shoulder. Um, it's going to be no. four weeks. Four weeks without touching a baseball, Bronson, which means they're saying another four weeks on top of that once he can pick up a baseball to get into shape. So minimum probably like around June for for DeGrom, possibly the all-star break, which is just bad news for Met fans, for baseball fans who love to see his dominance. Um, The Mets have to, you know, I won't say tread water. They got to be better than that, but they got to get through the first couple of months without him. Scherzer has to carry it, the $40 million you know, 37-year-old free agent that broke the, the record for average annual value, $41 million or so. Um, he's going to have to be their bulldog, their workhorse. And he's battling a, a groin in, 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 the, in the, uh, the Grapefruit League, and he's going to start Friday. He's not ready to go tomorrow in the opener. Um, but he did say he'll only miss one game and start the second game against the Nationals. But he, he's got to be 100% and just be their workhorse until DeGrom comes back. Now, I did like the trade they made with Oakland. Oakland's a fire sell right now. Um, they were able to take advantage of that and get Chris Bassett. He is a sneaky middle of the rotation starter with really good stuff. Um, I think he'll slot into that number two hole in the rotation and, and kind of really stem the tide till DeGrom can get back, give them innings. Um, but uh, but yeah, the Mets are going to be right there challenging the defending champion Braves and the Phillies, Bronson. And you know, I we hate Philly sports teams, but I'm kind of intrigued by this. I I used to hate Bryce Harper, but he's growing on me. Um, I love his enthusiasm and passion for the game, and I, I love hate how, the Phillies. I love how Harper wants to win too. Um, he he went publicly and challenged his GM Dave Dombrowski to bring in some people because two weeks ago the Phillies roster looked exactly like the 2021 version, and that was a team that missed the playoffs and underachieved. So he publicly he publicly called out GM Dombrowski and said, "I know Dombo is going to improve this club," and and that's what he said and kind of like put it on you know kind of put the ball in his court. Well, when your superstar player that makes 300 million uh, speaks, people listen. And even though Dombrowski's quote unquote Harper's boss, um, <laughs> a day or two later, they they signed two of the biggest fish that were still out there, and Kyle Schwarber and Nicholas Castellanos. So I did see that. I I mentioned how Seattle added Winker and and, and Suarez to the middle of their lineup. Overnight, the Phillies added you know the 80 homers, 180 RBIs to their lineup. So. This is a lineup that could have seven or eight 20 home run hitters. This is probably arguably the best lineup in the National League because you're you're forgetting Segura, D.D. Gregorius, Reese Hoskins, J.T. Realmuto, adding to Harper and Castellanos and Schwarber. Um, they're stacked. Pitching has always been the Phillies' problem. Um, but they have Aaron Nola, a, a legit number one that they've groomed. Uh, and then they've added, you know, 
pieces to that. That their starting rotation is another team like Seattle, um, like like the Angels that needs to add at the deadline. Maybe some this, when the starting pitching market opens up, they need to add a starter. They've improved their bullpen, which has been their Achilles heel for many years. Um, with Corey Knebel and Jerry's Familia, two guys with a track record for the back end of that pen. Um, so, yeah, look out for the Phillies. That's going to be a three-team race because I don't think the Marlins and the Nationals are right there yet. You know, Jeter left the Marlins. They're kind of in a, in a perpetual rebuild. Um, they got some players, but I don't think they're ready to compete. And the Nationals, after winning the World Series, went full-on rebuild. Um, so, but that three-team race—that's going to be three teams that win 90 games. It's going to be a race like the AL East. Jumping over to the Central that houses our Pirates, Bronson. Um, no shocker here. I'm picking the Pirates to finish last in the Central. <laughs> Probably another hundred loss season. Um, obviously, I'm going to watch and root, and root for them, but they really have no. Other than Hayes and Reynolds, they really don't have any players. I mean, I'm excited to see O'Neill Cruz maybe get called up and play. Um, and then this kid, Diego Castillo, that they got in the Clay Holmes trade with the Yankees, uh, turned a lot of heads, led the Grapefruit League in RBIs. Um, he actually made the club and is going to debut tomorrow. Hopefully he's in the starting lineup. He plays second, third. They could probably put him in some outfield. He's kind of a utility guy. Um, excited to see what he can maybe do. It's finally, it's put up or shut up for Kevin Newman and Cole Tucker. Um, they got to start producing or, you know, it'll be O'Neill Cruz. It's shorter, you know sooner than later um you're gonna have new new catchers this year bronson two new catchers um so we don't have um jacob stallings anymore traded into the marlins um re- the backup last year is michael perez they dfa'd him um so it's gonna be roberto perez they got from the guardians um fans will like him he's a bulldog he's a leader he's a great defensive catcher and then the backup they just signed today from the Phillies, Andrew Knapp. So you're going to see a new, a new, a new pair in the back uh, as the backstops. Um, you're going to see Sutsugo at first. He became a fan favorite a little bit last year. Um, they just picked up Jake Marisnik today, so there's kind of a, a bigger name that's that's been a a decent uh, major league veteran. So you'll see Marisnik in the outfield. But the Pirates kind of a lot of journeymen, a lot of a lot of young guys that aren't proven yet. The rotation is just blah. Yeah, well, um, but JT Brubaker is the opening day starter tomorrow. Yeah, Brubaker, who showed flashes of being okay, um, but he's not a number one starter. He's a best of four or five. So when you're trotting him out as your number one starter, you know there's a problem. Um, and the bullpen, I like David Bednar, the kid from Mars that they uh, they they got in the um, the trade from San Diego. I forget. Uh, we sent. Uh, I forget who we sent to the Padres, but we got him in that deal. And um it wasn't the Frazier trade. No, no, it was um it was um oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. It was um oh Frazier. No, no, I think I got this one. They um uh, it was um Joe Musgrove. The Musgrove trade, correct, yes. Um listen, listen, hold on. I got some pinch this. hitting for the Dalai Lama. Yeah, I look I love, <laughs> this is this is my day now. I, day I, in the sun. You got something that Frank didn't. Yeah. Uh, but other than the Pirates and the Central Boston, um, they everybody predicting it's going to be Milwaukee and St. Louis um, fighting it out. The Cubs started to spend. They're kind of speeding up their rebuild um, a little bit. Um, getting Marcus Stroman, getting the top Japanese player, you know, Seiya Suzuki. They gave him a lot of money. 
38 homers in the in the Japanese league last year. Um, I actually got him in fantasy. I took a flyer on him that he can maybe be like, be like the next Ichiro or something, um, uh, or next Otani. So Seiya Suzuki, watch out for him, the Japanese import for the Cubs. Reds uh, taking a step back, like I said, becoming sellers. So maybe the, the goal for the Pirates would be maybe finish fourth. Maybe they can uh, surprise, a, a sneak up on a few people and, and beat out the Reds. That would kind of be a, a goal for this year. But obviously the goal actually is to be as bad as you can to kind of tank and get a higher draft pick. Yeah. But they'll never admit to that. But and There's a lottery now, isn't there? That was part of the CBA. I don't know if it's starting right away, but yes, that's no, it's next point. year. I think. Yeah. So there might be one more draft that's just reverse uh, standings, but yeah. then, then the lottery is going to kick in. And, uh, and and funny you mentioned you know, some of the rule changes. You did bring up universal DH, um, so that's kind of kind of going to be cool. No more you know joke pitchers hitting where they can't they they don't know what they're doing so kind of cool to see like a dh in both leagues now i I used to be against it but now i'm okay with it you're gonna see an extra guy play like the pirates brought in daniel vogelbach he's probably gonna be the dh um he's he's jacked i watched him one of the training games brother is yoked he's he's like this short stocky jacked dude and you know perfect um epitome of a dh so a signing that you would have never seen happen if the DH wasn't in the NL. Yeah. Um, which brings me, as we're still in the NL Central, another signing you would have never seen is Albert Pujols returning to the Cardinals. And without the DH in the NL, you would have never seen that. So a nice little reunion for him to kind of tie a bow on the like with Wainwright and with Molina both being their last years. It's pool hoses last year. You watch the Cardinals have a magical run and, and make a deep playoff run this year, win the central, make a deep playoff run with those three, because they just seem to always figure it out. One crazy thing is they fired Mike Schilt, their manager after he was like manager of the year candidate went to the playoffs last year, quote, philosophical differences, something probably to do with analytics and shifts and, you know, launch angle, all that new stuff. I don't think Schilt was a proponent of. So they actually fire him. He's the third base coach of the Padres now. They picked him up as an assistant coach. But Oliver Marmol is the head man in St. Louis. Now he's 35, Bronson. He's our age. Um, the youngest manager in baseball. Albert Pujols is like six years older than him, and he's on his team. <laughs> so that'll be kind of interesting to watch how he does as a rookie manager. Um, but no, that's a good recap of the Central, and I'll just wrap it up in the uh, NL West. Um, obviously, the big spending Dodgers. Dave Roberts came out already and predicted a world championship. I saw that. He's His Joe Namath moment, he's like, we're going to win it all. Um, and, you know, they're they're one year removed from being champions in the COVID bubble year. Um, so they're probably itching to to win a World Series in, back in, in Dodger Stadium and be able to do it in front of their home fans. But um, the Padres, Bronson, they, you know, they've been big spenders. A.J. Preller, the GM, they're really trying to compete, you know, with, you know, the one bad thing is Tatis Jr. hurt his wrist in the offseason. I didn't hear how. I don't know if it was a, 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 a motorcycle or a bike or if he was being silly or I think it might have been weightlifting. Uh, it was a weightlifting injury, just normal training. Uh, I was kind of worried that it was something silly, like playing pickup basketball, and I was going to be like, "Oh my goodness!" Or a car car <laughs> you accident. Mean, uh, uh, Aaron Boone, the year they got a Rod, the Yankees right. did. 
So, but no, I think I did hear him say he was training, lifting weights, and something just felt funny. So, broken wrist, eight weeks for him. So, he and DeGrom are kind of on that same. I didn't know where to draft him. I wanted to draft him in fantasy, but they're going to be on the injured list for eight eight weeks. And somebody, you know, snatched both of them up right before I was going to maybe stash them on my injured list. But uh, Tatis is a fast healer. He came back early last year, so maybe he only misses a month to six weeks. Um, they have a stud prospect at shortstop coming right up behind him named CJ Abrams. He's a top 10 prospect. So I don't know what their plan is with this Abrams. If he's going to move to second base, then what do you do with Cronenworth? Move him to first base, trade Hosmer. Um, but if this at, at Abrams is, is the real deal, we might see him pretty soon. And, and then I don't know what you do with Tatis. You can DH him for a while now, at least. Um, but I, I'm interested to see if they call Abrams up and then if he's if he's a stud, what they do when Tatis comes back. But um, and then you got the Giants, Bronson, who won 107 games last year um, out of nowhere. And they kind of get some some players in the offseason. They get uh, Carlos Rodon, one of the top pitchers last year at the White Sox. Um they didn't. They they chose not to bring back Chris Bryant. He left and stayed in the division and went to the Rockies. A, a deal that shocked both you and I. Yeah. Um. What are the Rockies doing? They're uh, they're rebuilding. They couldn't sign Arenado. They could. They they couldn't sign Story. But they're signing Bryant. It was a real head scratcher. Um. Chris Bryant must have just wanted to go there. Be be near his hometown of Las Vegas. Um. Who knows what the the reason is, but. Um, playoff wise, Bronson, I see the Dodgers and the Padres making it, um, the Brewers and the Cardinals and the Phillies and the Braves. Um, the Mets are going to be right there. I think the Grom's injury might hurt their chances, but, um, the, you know, one of those teams flip flop them, maybe the Padres and Mets are fighting for that final wild card. Um, if I had to make a World Series prediction, I saw today MLB Network. One guy picked Dodgers over Blue Jays. The other guy picked Dodgers over White Sox. Um, I haven't thought that hard about it, but one thing that just popped into my head, and you're going to laugh at me because I picked the Yankees to win the, the division, but my World Series pick, I kind of just saw Philadelphia and the Blue Jays, a rematch of 1993. Ooh, just so, uh just, just no. gonna. I'm picking that just to because I, I had a kind of no. a, a vision of it. No, no, uh, no. Mitch Williams and uh, Joe Carter. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never have a bigger <laughs> moment than this. I don't remember that as a kid. I was only six, seven years old. But I've we've all seen the highlights of the the walk off uh, home run in Game Six <laughs> against Wild Thing Williams. Yeah. Yeah. They, every time Mitch Williams is on the Dan Patrick show, they always make some sort of joke about Joe Carter. So I, I, for some reason, like, the, you know, it's about 30 years to the date uh, from that World Series, Philly and the Blue Jays. Um, Crock was on the team, wasn't he? Yeah, John Crock, Darren Dalton, uh, the, the late catcher, Darren Dalton. Yeah. Um, the Phillies had uh, Kurt Schilling on that team, a young Kurt Schilling. Um and the Blue Jays, yeah, they were stacked. That was a team. They had some veterans, like I think Paul Molitor at the at the end of his career, um, Joe Carter, um, David Cohn. Um, yeah, was so, Alomar there? No. I think Robbie Alomar, yeah. Um, they had won it all back-to-back. They, they beat the Braves in 92 and then the Phillies in 93. So that's what I'm going to say. Um, I, Otani... There's nowhere to like. He had a historic year. I don't think he's going to be as good, but I still think you're going to get you know, 35, 40 homers, 
Um, all star still. All star. Hopefully, all-star. as a pitcher, he. I kind of want to see him take a step as a pitcher this year. Maybe the hitting numbers come down a little bit, but I want to see him. You know, win fifteen. That's what we games. predicted at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Better I, pitching I, numbers, a little, little, little less off the, the I, hitting numbers. I remember that. So I hope he like wins fifteen games, ERA around three, um, lots of strikeouts, no injuries because he kind of dealt with a lot of that last year. Um, I hope uh, Joe Madden, you know, kind of takes the kid gloves off a little bit more. He did last year. Um, it's just amazing to see anybody pitch it, pitch and hit like that, dude. Two way player, both at an extremely high level, you know, uh, an Same. above average superstar level at both. Um, so I just hope it continues, and I hope it translates to win. You know, the, the Angels winning in the standings. Uh, but no, Bronson, I'm really excited. It's uh, it, the first two weeks. Um, you're gonna get on my cable um hopefully mlb extra innings preview so i'll be able to watch a lot of action early on and recently my buddy at work told me that through t-mobile um my cell phone carrier they had a a a deal where you could get the mlb tv package on your phone free for the entire season so i signed up for that um i don't know what your mobile carrier is but um t-mobile darn yeah t-mobile users can get uh MLB.tv. It's kind of like their their Sunday ticket or like yeah. what's the NHL called? NHL There's center ice, center NBA, ice, yeah, full quarter. So MLB.tv only on my phone. I don't believe I'll be able to like screen share it to my TV or anything, but um, I can watch like Otani's game, like Angel games. I can watch Yankee games out of market, you know, for free on my phone. So I'll probably be um, enjoying it, that thanks to T-Mobile this year. Buy, buy one of those things that I got. It was like for cheap at Walmart. It's that neck thing that holds the phone for you. So you know, <laughs> yeah. You can just eat and like, you know, have a watch. That's a phone. good idea because I get my tie, my hands get tired. Like, yeah, you can buy it with a thing that goes around your neck and holds the phone in place. <laughs> so, no, I yeah, that's, that's my thought, Bronson. I mean – I'm excited to see all the new faces and new places. I love that every year. Like you lot, you love the NHL trade deadline. Now I have MLB, the show 20 and I'm that guy that's like cheap and doesn't buy the new game, but I love, I kind of like, it's a pastime of mine and I know it's of yours too. And you do it like even more than me. Like you still have like MLB 12 and like fix the guy's names and Ian Snell is Blake Snell and all that kind of stuff. That's that's the last PS2 MLB, the show, which is why I have that. It's 11. It's Mm -hmm. the last one the PS2 made. So I don't have a PS3 or PS4. So when I have my I have my my retro room and the next one the spare room we turned I made my retro gaming room, I have a PS2 and the last one they ever made was 11. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have the best of teams on there and I've created guys and like you said, I'm out of the database where I can't create any more guys. So now Blake Snell's Ian, you know Ian Snell's Blake Snell and and right. uh, there's a jo- you know the Josh Bell that played for the Orioles this is the Josh Bell I have in the Pirates. Yeah, I, I, I switched the the the, the attributes. Mm-hmm. Um, I made Mark Reynolds. Uh, I made Mark Reynolds. Um, Brian Reynolds. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, I used to do that stuff too. I used to do that way back on the Super Nintendo with hockey and, but no, I have mine is not that old. MLB twenty, um, twenty two is coming out. It has Shohei Otani on the cover. Oh. Um, I have an updated version. I have the one that just came to Xbox last year. Right, you, ha- you have twenty one. So yeah, you yeah. can you can probably do the rosters pretty easy on that one. But oh. mine is two years old. And I've just this off season, I've been sitting there for hours. My wife will attest to it. She's she always makes fun of me for the time I spend on rosters. And um, I, I 
just tonight before we got on the air, I did the finishing touches and have like all 30 teams 90% correct. Uh, I've missed like some small trades here and there, but I got like 90% done and I have like starting rotations and lineups pretty much done. Um, so I'm ready to go. I actually played the Pirates Cardinals game, won eight nothing with the Pirates. So maybe we'll see that that come true tomorrow. That's not gonna um, happen tomorrow. <laughs> so I got everybody, you know, pretty much even it's two years old, but it's kind of like cathartic to me. It's kind of fun for me to like do the yeah. rosters. Well, um, go ahead. No, no, I was saying like, like, yeah, I, I have last year's game and I probably will get this year's, but I'll be one of those people like, I'm gonna chill, for, I'm gonna chill for a while. I'll wait, I'll wait till like. The Microsoft Marketplace has it for like thirty dollars or something. I'm waiting and waiting to find a cheap Madden twenty two because I don't I, I don't want to keep doing my Madden twenty. It's getting harder and harder in Madden. I got twenty one, so that, I'm good until probably next year. And and there's roster sharing with with like guy, yeah. guys fixing it themselves, and you can download it. So that's always and clutch. NHL's doing that now too. Right, so I'm we're probably good with our older NHL copy for a few years now too. But uh, I, my Madden twenty, there's less and less guys doing the rosters, and I'm starting to. It's getting harder to find players. Upgrade, yeah. So I might look for a copy of twenty one for like ten bucks, or a copy of twenty two for like twenty bucks. You could, yeah, you and, could definitely pull that off. And, and and just go with that because then I'd get all the new uniforms too. But. Just to wrap up MLB talk, Bronson, I want to go over some of the new faces and new places that I'm excited about. Um, Toronto, like I mentioned, um, they 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 brought over Kevin Gosman to replace Robbie Ray. That's really their only big move. Um, but that lineup was already stacked. Um, Boston got Trevor Story, so that's a huge addition to that lineup. Uh, the Yankees got Josh Donaldson. Um, the Rays really didn't do much, but subtract subtract Austin Meadows. So interesting there. Um, the White Sox didn't make any big moves in the offseason. They're just kind of sticking with what they had. They had a great year last year. Um, I did see a late signing. They got Johnny Cueto. So he's kind of a better. I saw that, yeah. Veteran, and they have Jay Hay there. So Jay Hay's Ooh, trying to Jay Hay, BGLP. He's trying to stick around in, uh, in the big. So we saw Jordy Mercer called it a career today. Saw that. But Jay Hayes sticking around. Um, I told I, you, Madden was saying that he said the Pirates should assign Cueto. That way, he could just drop the ball every time. That was <laughs> I saw that quote. Um, the Tigers, my darlings, uh, bringing in Javi Baez and Eduardo Rodriguez, and the the debut of Spencer Spencer Torkelson. Um, excited for that. Uh, and then Minnesota getting Carlos Correa. That's a, a big move. Um, Seattle, Suarez, and Winker. And Robbie Ray, three huge, huge names. Uh, Texas, the huge splash. I didn't even mention this. Texas is a team that could compete in that and that AL West as well. They're starting to reboot that rebuild quick. Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, two of the top ten free agents in the whole league, ended up in in Arlington with yeah. the Rangers. So look out there. Um, and then the Angels, Noah Syndergaard. Hopefully, if he stays healthy, can can bolster that. Yeah, I saw he went over there. So. Atlanta subtracts Freddie Freeman, but brings in their native son, Matt Olson. So they won't miss much of a beat there. Um, might win an MVP. Great defensively, 40 homers, 100 RBIs. They're not going to miss Freeman that much. I, 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 as long as he can handle the pressure of filling Freddie Freeman's shoes and playing in his hometown. Yeah. So look for maybe a slow start for Matt Olson. Frank, uh, back to Syndergaard, to the Angels. Yeah. I kind of see that as like maybe like when Phil Kessel went to the Penguins, 
where he's mm-hmm. not the focal point. Maybe he can kind of yeah. He can kind of be under the radar. Change there. of scenery is what he maybe needed. It's yeah. just all about health with him. And the Angels have been dying for a number one starter. So Syndergaard tops uh, highest average fastball velocity in all of MLB. So he still can bring it. And I hope if he stays healthy that uh, with Otani there and Trout and other guys. Yeah, he kind of he's not the focal point of the team. That's, a, that's a really good point. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Sorry, before, I just want to. No, no, I like the input. Um. Phillies, I mentioned the moves I loved of Castellanos and Schwarber and and, and helping that bullpen with Canable and Familia uh, and, and the Mets getting Scherzer and Canna and Marte and Escobar um, shaking up that team. Um, the uh, the NL Central, really only the big moves were Suzuki, the Japanese player, coming to the Cubs. The Brewers get McCutcheon, which kind of stinks. It's going to make my stomach hurt to see one of my most hated teams, the Brewers getting McCutcheon. As he kind of winds down his career, he's kind of just catch on anywhere. But not quite uh, as bad as when Dave Parker was a red. Yeah. I hated seeing when Neil Walker went to the Brewers. It was it was yeah. disgusting. But, um, uh, yeah, not much added to the Cardinals, not much added to the, to the Brewers or the Reds. Um, and then the big moves out west were Bryant to the to the Rockies, the Dodgers getting Freddie Freeman. Just oh my goodness, the rich get richer. Um, the Padres, a trade I forgot to mention, happened a couple days. Sean Manaya, another one of those Oakland A's fire sale sell offs. First it was Chris Bassett, then it was Sean Manaya, the 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 big lefty, good starting pitcher. Um, so yeah, the Padres uh, and they the Padres added Luke Voigt, kind of a guy the Yankees didn't have room for. Um, and the Giants uh, didn't really do much in the offseason either. Um, and the Diamondbacks are the Diamondbacks. They're kind of not not going to compete either. So a lot of new new faces with new teams that excite me. I was having fun putting them on the new rosters in MLB The Show. Can't wait to you know play play along with it. But um, no, Bronson, that's really it. Excited for it to get underway tomorrow. And I'll be dialed into pirate games. You know, I'm not going to watch every game because they're probably going to be lousy, but I'll be watching that on my phone, some of the other out-of-market action, keeping everybody updated on how Otani's doing, how the Yankees are doing, how the Mets are doing. Um, So, yeah, I think it's going to be a good year. We're going to get a full 162 despite the lockout. Um, All-Star game this year, I'll have to look it up. I don't know where it is, but that's always a fun time of year. Um, a new rule, too, with the All-Star game, if it's tied after nine, they, they break the tie with a home run derby. Yeah. So that, uh, that'll be really fun if it happens. Um, was, the, was, was, it, was it just in Cleveland? It was just in Cleveland, wasn't it? No, it was supposed to be in Atlanta last year, uh-huh. and then they had that controversy with uh, – Oh, yeah, with the, uh, the state legislator. The, yeah, so they moved it to Denver, and it was in Coors Field. The 20, I think it might be back in L.A. Um, it was supposed to be during the COVID year. And Dodger Stadium, they missed out. Yes, and, you are correct. Yeah, Dodger Stadium. So, so yep. it's going back there, classic stadium, one of the oldest stadiums left out there, other than Wrigley and Fenway, is Dodger Stadium. Yeah, you're correct. So it'll be cool to, it'll be cool to see the stars and the Hollywood stars and the Walk of Fame and the MLB stars crossing Jeez, paths. LA so. gets a Super Bowl. They get the All Star game. <laughs> they get WrestleMania next year. Oh my goodness gracious! I love LA. <laughs> 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 but that wraps it up, Bronson. I've gone way too long. Like you said, no, you went long. You went long on WrestleMania. Yeah. I went long on baseball because it's our a few passions. minutes off of our targeted times. So that's fine. But, uh, we have one more segment to get to, Bronson. Hopefully, I didn't. Try. And I'm not going to go very long. I, I I know we were. Our goal was. Our goal, just so you listeners know, is to kind of cut these shows down a little bit. Um, I know the uh, the 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 um 
target podcast time frame is you know 60 minutes to 90 minutes max so bronson and the bronson and i are going to try to rein these in a little bit keep the topics oh, yeah. know, short yeah, the thing is too is we want to keep frank around i feel like the podcast won't be the same without frank so mm-hmm. if anything to keep him around a little bit longer if we do the shorter episodes is fine and he, he's not gonna be around every you know every week you know, maybe going to the summer but mm-hmm. at least want to keep him around so and i told bronson be my guest to bring on some guest host uh do some solo stuff because we can still get content out there and then whenever i'm available yeah. We'll do a full episode So you might see some guest hosts this summer But yeah, yeah as, as I am you know, welcoming my first child In a, in a couple months But I, I won't be as free I've been really busy at work too But um, yeah. no, Bronson, I'll kick it over to you The final segment's NHL talk A skate yeah. around the league I know you want to well, update us on the standings The stats and how we're getting close yeah. to the playoffs So take it well, over So you know, right now And I'm kind of just going to go first now with, with, the, with the pens When we last uh, left you We obviously recorded on the NHL trade deadline Penguins of course acquired uh, Ricard Raquel from the Ducks. That's who who we had. Our, we had our. Uh, you know, they slid in last second. Thought the Penguins weren't really going to do anything, but they get Raquel. And that was the the twenty second of March. They they uh, you know curb stomped the, the Jackets. But Frank, since that day, the Penguins have kind of gone uh, not so well. They've they've uh, they've only won two of their last seven games. Um, they lost that shootout in, at Buffalo. Um, they got blown out at Madison Square Garden. After they had beaten the Rangers one one nothing when Jari out uh, shines Shesterkin early in the year, um, we thought maybe to get back on track. They uh, they put that shellacking uh, two days later that eleven to two curb stomp. That's probably really the curb stomp right there, Frank. The eleven to two of the Detroit Red Wings there. Um, but you know, obviously, the, it's looking like the Penguins are going to play the Rangers in the first round if everything kind of ends the way we think they are. Um, they lost three to two at, at PPG last Tuesday. They get it back with a four three overtime win against at Minnesota. That was Jason Zucker's return game. Then of course he gets hurt in the game, so now he's still out. Although he may play uh, Thursday tomorrow in New York, Frank. From what I hear today, um, that Minnesota game actually Mark Andre Fleury did not play. So for those of you who go sorely on our updates, Mark Andre Fleury didn't play that game. Cam Talbot did, <clears throat> but the Penguins beat the Wild four three in overtime there. And then Frank in a rare home and home against the Western Conference, uh, they started out at uh, it's, it's not even called P- Pepsi Center anymore. I know what it's called now. It's not the Pepsi Arena anymore. Pepsi Center, Bell so Arena, were, or Ball Arena, yeah, Ball Arena or something. So yeah, so they lose a, a tough game three to two to the Avs, Frank, on Saturday. And um, you know the Penguins love the way they played. Like, like Sully said, everything was great for the result. So we thought maybe when they switched it back to Pittsburgh on Tuesday. That we would have a different uh, change of events, but uh, it looked like Colorado even more so established their uh, their will against the Penguins. Uh, a six to four loss to the Avalanche. Frank goals uh, and McKinnon was uh, all over the score sheet in that game, um, and I'm not disheartened by that. Um, the Avalanche are probably the best team in hockey right now, so and, you know the, the, the drop to the Avalanche like that it's tough. But um, and with that win, Frank, the Avalanche officially have clinched the playoffs. But um. But no, Frank, the Penguins do have some tough games coming up, though. Um, they have the Rangers tomorrow, which is on Hulu and ESPN+. They have the Caps, who are going to be fighting for their playoff lives on Saturday. That's an ABC game. That's a 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon game. Um, that's a back-to-backer. So Sunday, they play the Preds at 4 p.m. on TNT. So they have two afternoon games over the weekend. And then they have a home-and-home against the Islanders at, at, at uh, not, not Nassau anymore, but at Union Dale and home in Pittsburgh. That's Tuesday and Thursday. 
And then they're at Boston and versus Boston. Hoping home with Boston, hoping home with the Islanders. Teams that are, Frank, really need these points. And then they have the Red Wings Flyers who are out of the playoffs. Uh, Connor McDavid, the Oilers sneak in there at the end of the year. And, well, not the, the, the Jackets are the last home game, but the Oilers slide in there too. So, uh, you know, the Penguins, are, they're going to be in the playoffs. There's no question about that. But I think I think this game tomorrow is huge, Frank. they got to build some momentum against the Rangers, especially if that's who they're going to play in the first round. Um I would not be shocked if maybe I would think they would have to go back to Jari. Then then, they, then obviously they're going to give the Smith one of the one of the weekend games, if not you know. So that's where they're at with the Penguins there, Frankie. Um, I wanted to look too, as we look at the standings. So obviously Bo- uh, Boston is the top wild card team, and it's, it's Boston with ninety three points. Um, they have uh, twelve games in hand there, twelve games to play still. This is not including tonight's uh, festivities. Um, the Caps are 84 points. That's kind of where it drops off. I don't think the Islanders are pretty much out of it, I think, at this point. So it's the Caps and the Bruins fighting for the playoff lives, and the Penguins will be playing Boston in the home-and-home series. As it looks in the Metro, Frankie, the Carolina Hurricanes have now <clears> – <throat> it's kind of shifting back and forth now. The Penguins have lost uh, quite a few games, so they're kind of drifting back with their third in the Metro right now with the Rangers at 96 points. And uh, the Carolina Hurricanes back at top at 98. In the Atlantic Division, the the Panthers have clinched the playoffs uh, with their win last night in Toronto in overtime. Frank, that was a good matchup. I watched that last night after the Pens' sad loss to to, to Colorado. It was a great. Uh, Toronto was up, but like they were up like five to one or something, and the Florida Panthers rallied to tie it after Toronto lit up Bobrovsky. Then Spencer Knight comes in. The Cats have the onslaught. Um, Drew had a goal, a couple assists. Huberdeau got a couple goals. Gudas had a goal. They tied up. They go into overtime, and the Cats win it in overtime. They clinch the playoff spot, 104 points. That's the most in the looks like it's the most in the East. So they are, they are in. Toronto with 96 points, and the Lightning with 93. And Mark Madden said it this week too. One of the one of the sad things could be one of the things that might scare them is if Boston uh, leapfrogs the Lightning. And that puts the lightning in the wild card, which would really make things tough on on, on anyone in the Metro. So <clears throat> something to look out for there for sure, Frank. Uh, believe it or not, another thing, too, a little tidbit of hockey information here. Jonathan Huberto is the first Florida Panther to eclipse 100 points. And I'm st- I'm shocked by hearing that. I thought for sure maybe at one point that uh, Pavel Bure did that. But I guess it did not. Maybe it was when he was in Vancouver, maybe his years in Vancouver. But I thought maybe Ole Jokin might have did that once or twice before. But no. Jonathan Huberto is the first player in franchise history to score over 100 points, and he's had a great year. <clears throat> uh, but, yeah, that's how we're looking at the East, Frankie. Let's go to the West. Obviously, the Avalanche are, you know, creme de la creme, the cream of the crop. 106 points, likely going to be the, your uh, your president's trophy winners uh, if things hold up, although the, the Florida Panthers are going to have a lot to say about that. Minnesota's tucked in there, second in the, in the Central. Um, and now they have that goaltending one-two punch, Frank. Kind of what Vegas had with Leonard and Fleury. They get that with Talbot and Fleury. Kaprizov's been on fire. Now possibly he's in talks now for the Hart Trophy. And they might throw him in there on that. The Blues are going to, looks like they're going to probably chill. They're going to chill here unless they drastically drop off. They'll stay third in the Central. Calgary, Frank, they're the the, the top of the heap of the Pacific. Um, And the Kings, the Kings and the Oilers are going to be going back and forth. But the the wild card situation in the West is... uh, a little more exciting than maybe in the East. We have, uh, um, you know, Nashville with 84 points. The, 
And they all either have 10 or 11 games left in the season here, Frank. Nashville and Dallas. Nashville is 84, Dallas 83, and the Knights with 82. Uh, Winnipeg is 76. So they're probably they're out of the race, I think, right there. So, so you have Vegas, Dallas, and Nashville. Dallas is almost left for dead earlier in the year. And now they've come back. And they've come back in the in the in the in the heap of things too here, Frank. So um it'd, it'd be a great story if they could find a way to slide in here and uh and uh you know ruin one of the ruin one of the, the places here though. But um obviously them and Vegas are gonna be the big battle for the, the, the last spot there for sure. Um but no, um and then you look, you know, the Kraken have dropped off too, Frank. They're gonna be their fight with the coyotes for basically last and the the last in the West, um, looking to see who's in the, in the East. Yeah, looks like you're going to have, you know, Arizona, Seattle, Montreal, um, and and Jersey, maybe Philadelphia outside shot, you know, your your race for uh, the number one pick there. But it's going to be tough. Frankly, like I said, a lot of teams have, you know, 11, 10 games in hand. So we'll see what happens there. And uh, shifting to the stats, I'll do the stats here. <clears throat> Connor McDavid uh, firmly in front um, of the Art Ross race, 106 points. And Huberto, like I mentioned earlier, 102 points. Dreisaitl, 101. Matthews and Johnny Gaudreau tied at 95. Then you have Marner, 88. Kaprizov, 87. Makachuk, 85. And then Rantanen and Panarin at 84. Frank, this is crazy. Madden said this the other day. I had to take, give him credit for this. There are like, what, 12 or 13 players in the league right now, or more than that maybe, uh, that, ha- that that is on a point-per-game trajectory and this is the most it's been in quite some time so you have to give the props to the nhl and the way the the, the offensive game has gone there in the uh, rocket richard race frank it looks like it's going to be either dry settle or matthews matthews with 54 goals dry settle just scored his 50th the other night and then you have Kreider, who's having a great year 47 points for the rangers and ovechkin frank he's kind of starting to put up a little bit in you know, the, the put 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 right now He's still staying at 42, so it's probably unlikely he'll get to 50 unless he goes on a tear. And then you have McDavid and, and Connor each with 41 apiece. Caprizov off 40 and Debrink at 39. And then um, going to the, the goalie situation, Frank, I just do save percentage shutouts. Shesterkin's still the top of the heat, Frank, although he's not been playing as well as he's as he's been all year. So kinks are starting to show a little bit. Maybe if you're the Ranger fan, maybe you want this to happen now before the playoffs. Maybe he'll get it right. Um, as a Penguins fan, you would love to see if he could fall apart at least a little bit because that's probably your your uh, first-round matchup. Sorokin's up there. Anderson's up there. Darcy Kemper, Frank, great year with the Avalanche, but we got to see him doing the postseason. I think any Avalanche fan, any hockey fan wants to see if Darcy Kemper is ready for prime time. He's played with the Coyotes, Kings, teams that really haven't been in, 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 the, th- in the thick of things in the playoffs. Um, and so that's where that's at. Markstrom's been a beast all year for, for Calgary, Frank. Billy Huso's picked up the Blues. UC Soros is probably single-handedly that in the play of Roman Yossi's getting the, the Nashville Predators back in the, the swing of things there in the West. Um, then you got, you know, Anthony Stolarz for the Ducks um, with the save percentage. Obviously, Tristan Jari's having a great year at the Penguins here. And then the shutout race, it's Markstrom, Sorokin, Kemper. Anderson, Jari, Campbell, Hellebuck, Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, but it's crazy, Frank. I mean, it's nuts right now. I mean, it's it's <clears throat> they're getting down to the end of the wire here. We thought for sure Kale McCarr had the Norris Trophy signed, sealed, and delivered to his doorstep, Frank. But uh, not so fast, my friends, as Lee Corsa would say. Roman Yossi's been on a tear. He's leading the defenseman in 84 points compared to McCarr's 75. 
um, Adam Fox had been in there and Chris Letang in, in the fifth place there as well. So, and uh, Devon Taves is hanging in there too. Top 10 there with the Avs as well as Quinn Hughes and uh, Ekblad. Well, Ekblad's been hurt, but uh, and Carlson, but McCarr still is the defensive goalie. He has 24 goals compared to Hedman and Yossi's 19 there. As it goes to the rookies, Frank, uh, Lucas Raymond, maybe uh, he, uh, he might be, uh, you know, Michael Button of the Maple Leafs has, has uh, come down the stretch here and possibly could steal this Calder away from one of those wing wing players, you know, Mort Sider, Lucas Raymond, although Zegris has been in there. And I feel like Zegris is going to be a guy, Frank, that, um, you know, he's going to be he's going to be in the race as much more than people think, just because of all, you know, the, the Michigan goals and his highlight go- highlight goals on Sports Center every night. So I think Zegris is going to be one of the guys that's going to be invited to uh, to Vegas for the awards show. Although, like I said, Raymond's there as well as Michael Button, Bunting, and I think Bunting's also a, a, a beneficiary of just how hot the Leafs have been lately. Although last night they lost in overtime, so that's it, Frank. That's all I have for hockey. Like I said, stay tuned. These next ten games, eleven games, whoever whoever team you're rooting for, who has it coming tomorrow? Big matchup with the Rangers for the Penguins. Um, you got to get some momentum against the Rangers, Frank. You got to get that W tomorrow. And then, then you're looking down the barrel of just trying to bring that momentum when you get in the playoffs. <clears throat> As I clear my throat there, Capitan's uh, been kind of coming on as late too, getting more on the score sheet. Uh, the pairing with Jeff Carter there is kind of helping him. You know, it's kind of like the you know Carter's kind of mentoring Capitan, kind of talking to him on the bench. You know, being that emotional crutch for Capitan and it's showing up on the score sheet. It was nice to see Erod get on the board yesterday. Frank, he'd been uh, drawing dead for a while there. Um, and, uh, you know, Mike Matheson's probably playing his best hockey uh, that I've seen so far. So uh, it's a big thing for the Rangers, or for the Rangers, for the Penguins uh, coming down the stretch here, Frankie. Um, what else did I want to mention about the Penguins as well? Um, yeah, Zucker could be in the lineup back as early as tomorrow. He did a uh, full participation in practice today. So whatever that was in mini, he should be good by tomorrow, for, according to reports. And, um, I'm trying to remember. Ricard Raquel playing with Malkin, obviously. Um, yeah, Frank, I mean, just getting it's getting down to the end here. And uh, the Penguins would like to be back at 100% and uh, before we're rolling and uh, to, to get to get in the playoffs here. No, excellent job breaking down in the NHL, Bronson. That was uh, fascinating stuff as we you, know, you got to keep everybody uh, up to date on what's happening. And as we get closer and closer, about two weeks away now from the final games, t- 10, 12 games left for every team. And I do hope the Penguins right the ship a little bit. You know, these back-to-back losses against the Avs, it would have been nice to at least split with them. You know, they were they were in that first game, a bad bounce in Denver, that Sunday afternoon game. They, they really played right with them in their building. And then they did kind of run us out of our building it wasn't that close but um i'd like to see us catch the rangers and get home ice in that first series but a part of me is like maybe we like being the road warriors and go into madison square garden and steal a game maybe steal two games and really have the series in our favor so i like maybe starting on the road who knows but i thought for a chance there for a second we might catch the Carolina we were holding off the Rangers we might Carolina had like a three four game skid finally you know they had been so hot all year and I was like I was like man the the Penguins are hot we might you know win this Metro but it's it's really looking like the 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 seeding is going to be the way it is now Carolina New York Pittsburgh Washington you just hope Tampa doesn't drop into that that wild card because then they're gonna be a pain in the the ass of the Metro 
Yeah, there, so. yeah, they, they would possibly, you know, win a first round series, and we'd be you know, if the Penguins could beat the Rangers, they'd get. But I mean, whoever you get in this, yeah, Eastern you're gonna Conference the, the gauntlet, road is the road. You're gonna have to I go mean, to the top teams. Of this Eastern team. Conference gauntlet. I mean, look how good Florida is. That Atlantic Division: Florida, Toronto, Boston, Tampa. I mean, there's gonna be four teams that lose in the first round that are capable of winning a cup. Yeah. Maybe and, Washington's the weakest of the eight, but um, they're a team with Ovechkin and just coming off a cup recently. And I mean, out West is like kind of top heavy with Colorado and Calgary, maybe. But the East has seven teams that are yeah. like stud teams. Oh, I agree. So it's going to be. I still don't uh, buy Florida. I'm, I'm sorry. I still don't buy Florida. Yeah. I don't, they, I don't yeah, think I any the player they want, I still don't buy them. Yeah, the goaltending. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I've been picking Carolina the last couple of years, so I might be high on them again as they add people to this year. Step on and Max Domi and Tony D'Angelo and two new goalies. Um, but no, it's going to be a great finish and a great playoff. I'm sure we'll have an episode where we do a playoff preview. So yeah. I can't wait and, for uh, that. But and real quick before we wrap up, show Frank and I know we did the four subjects and we're not too bad mm-hmm. on time here. Just real quick, not going into the, any deep detail here. Mm-hmm. NFL traits since we last covered uh, Devonte Adams of the Raiders. Um, that was a shocker. Yeah, although one. Rogers did see it coming. Apparently, no money left out there in Green Bay now. So. <laughs> So Devontae Adams goes to the Raiders, who plays with his Fresno State teammate Derek Carr. Cool. So they get they, they lock up again. Connection. Yes, yeah, so there you go there, and then of course, uh, um, you know Tyreek Hill goes to the Miami Dolphins, and the Big Chiefs time. get a pretty damn re- good return. A couple a couple firsts, something tons like that. of draft picks, right? Yeah, and now all of a sudden you're looking at Juju being the number one one of the top <laughs> I know targets in Kansas City. Frank, I forgot what I was going to tell you about the hockey thing. Uh-huh. So since the trade happened with Anaheim. Zach Aston Reese and Dominic Simone have been playing like their top line. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Are they doing anything good? <laughs> no, I think I think Aston Reese has been okay. Although Dominic Simone just got pulled off the top line recently. So, <laughs> so Zach that Aston team? Reese Mike is home in Anaheim. <laughs> oh my gosh. But that's it. And then finally, before we wrap up shop, Frank, mm-hmm. just a quick like one minute talk. Uh, the Masters is this weekend. I know. I feel like we should have did more to it, but I feel like with everything, maybe we we'll recap, a, a recap. It because yeah, I mean, by the time this post, it might be almost over. So maybe we'll get to recap it next yeah. year. But yeah, Tiger Woods announcing he's playing is the big news. Eleven months removed from the car accident, where he basically had like a, a new leg rebuilt. Um, it's pretty amazing. Can he yeah. walk? Can he walk eighteen holes for four days? No using a cart allowed in in professional golf. No. So. That's and that's what Matt Madden was saying this the other day, and I feel like he might be onto something too. I think he's agreeing to play just just for the simple fact of like he's competitive and wants to play. Mm-hmm. But also another thing too, it's it's drawing big money that he'll be there. And Madden right. just and Madden did this. He said he goes, I wouldn't be shocked if like, you know, if he makes the cut. If like a couple of days in, he goes the because I think the walking is going to be tougher than just actually hitting the ball. Yeah, because I would be shocked if like after third day or whatever he like withdraws from the tournament. Right. I mean, it may not be too much. So, right, you might have that. Obviously, you're going to have you know the top stars. Um, allegedly, Phil Mickelson was invited to the Masters. He turned it down. Yeah, a lot of controversy with him lately. Is he His almost uh, and, and he almost bolted for that upstart Saudi Arabian tour. Yes, kind yes, of spurning did. his nose at the PGA tour. They were trying to like kind of start their own European tour over there. Yeah. Yeah. So, any last words before we close up shop, Frank? No, Bronson. Yeah, no final thoughts tonight. But that was good no. to at least get a couple things in there. But yeah, I think we did a good job. We got this thing under two hours. Yeah. I think if uh, you know, we did like we, twenty minutes of like pre-show stuff. So it's yeah, so nice. I think we might start. Getting, we might start raining this thing into ninety-minute shows. Um, maybe every week. I you know, Bronson, we'd like to do it every week. We, I would like 
and, and this is up to you. We'll talk, but mm-hmm. I would like to at least come back if we do. If we come back next week, just do a strictly draft episode. If it's a short one, we just like, preview the draft. And like then we hope to, to we hope to get on live for the draft too. We have to check yeah. our schedule. I want to try to see if we can do a YouTube live. That way, people who don't have one of the complaints is some people go, "I don't have Facebook." Yeah, a lot of so people do these YouTube days. live. Everyone, anyone who's anyone can get on. So we so. have to. We that's been in the in the in the. Uh, the, the plans is to get our YouTube channel going. So we got to get so that, that up and push as well. Yeah. Get that up and rolling and try to do so it. I'd love to do a draft preview show. And then uh, I want to do that little segment with you, Frank, where I read the, 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 the pros and cons of, of, of past draft picks and you guess who they are. So that'll be mm-hmm. fun. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, uh, we'll measure Kenny Pickett's hands one more time. And yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I just want to get hard with the draft. And then once mm-hmm. we get out of the draft, we know we, we can kind of take really a break because, Really, nothing's going to be on except baseball and the hockey playoffs, and yeah. we can kind of make those. Sh- those we can make one, those one-topic shows. We can make yeah. one-topic shows even. Yeah. Sounds good, Bronson. I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Um, it was a, a fun, you know, list of topics tonight. I really had enjoyed talking WrestleMania with Bronson and doing my baseball preview. And you know, just want to thank all the fans, all the dedicated listeners that have been here since day one. Um, we thank Justin and Nico, kind of the founders of Next Level Nerd, for letting us use their name and and jump on piggyback onto kind of their branding. Um, yeah, just uh, keep keep liking, sharing, join us in the comments, join the debate. We're excited that we'll be back with a draft preview. Um, so hopefully something live for the draft in the upcoming days. We have uh, upcoming episodes. We'll have, like Bronson said, Stanley Cup playoff preview. Um, big, big popular segment last year where Bronson kind of went, you know, game by game, each series breaking down the action again. I plan um, on doing that again. That was fun. Yeah, I'll have baseball talk as you know the season gets started. We'll be you know updating the standings, the the stats like we do with hockey. Um, uh, we'll I'll be on Otani watch, of course, how he's doing pitching and hitting, um, and we'll be I'll be I'm gonna get to talk a little tennis as we get towards the French Open. I always like to bring in a little bit of tennis. The golf season kind of kicks off with the Masters, kind of like the Daytona 500 does for Bristol NASCAR. in two weeks, the dirt race. Yeah, so Bronson will be back with some NASCAR talk. So, yeah, look forward to a lot of good contact coming up in the next couple of weeks. And um, I'll toss it over to my partner uh, to to close us out here tonight. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really not much more we can do than Frank Frank closed it out for pretty much for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you guys just for anyone who listens. It's awesome. Frank's you know Frank's wife Katie does just you know the Lord's work pretty much in editing mm-hmm. our show. So uh, she's awesome, and we we value her contributions immensely. So. Um, and thank you for listening. So I would like to, I'd like to get back next week, just do a strictly draft preview show. We're getting, we're heading down to the, the, the nitty gritty, uh, and, um, and down to the NFL draft and, and yeah, I'm excited about that. That's like one of my, that's, that's another like Christmas episode for me too. So that's it for that. And for, uh, for Frank Conta, I am Bronson Almond. until next time. Top guys out. Hockey. Throw me the baseball. Now toss me the pigskin. Now feed me the rock. Now give me the rock.